welcome to Making Awesome Chapter 18. We have the fabulous geeky Faye with us. Finally, we're excited to have you on, <laughs> Faye. And as always, we got the boys. We got Tad and Thomas. I'm Grant. But before we get into anything, let's hit that billing department. This episode is supported by 3D Musketeers, as always. If you have an idea that you want to be made real, if you want to make awesome, reach out to us at 3dmusketeers.com. Links in the description below. Faye, how are you doing? I'm... I'm pretty dang good, actually. I was, I'm, I'm really actually feeling your radio voice right now. Like, yeah, I, I, he's I, got it's it. very nice. I can get real close in there. <laughs> I don't know if you're old enough to remember Casey Kasem. Yes, but of like, course I am. <laughs> I, I, I take, I take. We have a I, long I distance take dedication. A bit of joy. Yeah, <laughs> the joy of like just subtly teasing anyone who's younger than me. So, mm. so I, you are younger than me. I don't know about the other, the other two here. They are you know? younger. Yeah. Yeah. Thomas is oh. almost 10 years younger than me. Oh my God. I'm a little <laughs> small boy, little baby boy. I know it doesn't oh, wow. seem I mean, if you like you guys I'm I am, I am weeks. how I'm seven months away from the big three Oh, well, congratulations. <gasps> I'm oh, definitely no. doesn't feel real. Be careful. Be careful, Tad, because as soon as you hit 30, shit just goes downhill. <clears throat> Your body just stops working. It's already happening, so. <laughs> two, two herniated discs three months in, okay? Come on. <laughs> three months into the 3-0. It's not a good, I got not two, a good record. <laughs> I'm happy to say that actually 30s are pretty cool and, mm. <laughs> and that your body doesn't necessarily fall apart like clockwork if you don't overwork yourself all the time except 30 um, for me was 2020 i mean <laughs> that's that yeah then that coincided. you're just cursed on the plus so, side i can only go up fucked. from here yeah no there you go yeah. there you go the rest of your 30s will be fantastic in comparison <laughs> yeah. but uh, i i think i I've, my my personal experience is thus far is that the 30s is like way superior to 20s in pretty much every mm. way Mm -hmm. uh, which is is one of those things that's really interesting because I definitely have very um fond memories of uh, people projecting their fears of of aging onto me when I was about mm. to turn thirty, and every and not just not just project not just projecting their fears, <laughs> but kind of being like, well, well, but but aren't you aren't you afraid to turn thirty? Aren't you afraid, afraid yeah, of what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As know, if right? you have a choice. <laughs> it's like, are you guys? Do you know something I don't know? Like, I love this idea that something happens when you turn 30 specifically. Yeah. Like you, you a, get smited by disease. You like, know what <laughs> happens after a certain amount of mileage when you forget to change the oil on your car? Kind of the same thing. But that's only <laughs> if you forget to change the oil. I, <laughs> if you treat the car All my good, needles are blunt tip. I, 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 it, doesn't, it doesn't work. <laughs> but no, it's it was, for chemicals, I, okay? That doesn't help my case, I guess. It's a whole thing, and I, admittedly, I think it's extra when you're a woman because I, I think there's Probably, a whole like, yeah. kind of extra like list of things that like I guess women are supposed to be afraid of or something. But I've never been normal, so like when people were asking me these things, I was just like, uh, "Am I supposed to be afraid? Is it weird if I'm not afraid? Is it weird that I'm excited?" Like. <laughs> I, I kind of am looking forward to it. I mean, like it's another year around the sun, so yeah, 
that seems pretty cool to me. Like I'm still here. So there are worse things possible. That's for sure. That's yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, it seems like society wants to teach us that like, Oh, your twenties are the best years of your life. And then no thirties, but, but right in the, your thirties, all the hard stuff that you had to figure out for the first time is behind you. And now you can just kind of live. Also, you just care a lot less about what other people think. You mean pay off mm. debt? The 30s are the years you pay off debt, okay? <laughs> the 20s is when you're accumulating it. The 30s is when you start to pay. That's it one off. way of looking at it, Grant. Jesus. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you ruined morbid. It. Yeah, you ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> but am so, I wrong? That, admittedly though i i also being an immense an immense nerd and a lifelong nerd i take no small amount of joy from kind of rubbing in the faces of young nerds how long i've been doing certain things like mm -hmm. i i have very very genuinely fond memories of being in a uh, a game store in toronto of all places and uh there was a bunch of bunch of kids a bunch of like late teens kind of like 17 18 looking at pokemon cards and um i was at first i was like wow i can't believe this is still a thing yeah mm. but then i uh I, I just i just walked up behind them kind of like leaned over to see what they were looking at and i was like ah uh, yeah man gosh i've been playing this longer than you've been alive and then walked away <laughs> <laughs> I, I i love i got called out the other day on reddit Someone's like, you must be new here in the 3D printing sub. And like six people chimed in and said, no, he's one of the OGs. He was here before there were, le there were less than 10,000 people here. He just doesn't post much anymore. I'm like, I yeah, know the ancient rules. I was no there time. when they were written. <laughs> <laughs> I helped write the damn tablets for God's oh, sake. Oh, I love it. Uh, I, I was there when Billy was, I was there before Billy was a mod. Shit. <laughs> Dang, that makes it ancient, doesn't it? Uh, I mean, look, it, 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 it's funny because every now and then I'll get pinged on things. I'm like, who the hell? Oh, it's full color sandstone. That's why they're bothering me. Mm. <laughs> uh, I definitely I definitely feel like I've I've been having a lot more conversations about full color printing since we had our, our chat with Billy. Um, as we had we had a lovely, uh, a lovely chat with Andrew Sink yesterday, actually. And he, he has experience with full color printing as well. But it's obviously the uh, the resin version. The polyjet. Oh, um, okay, yeah. So Connex, polyjet. Did a little oh, compare yeah. and contrast. <laughs> there like is that. none. <laughs> polyjet is superior in basically every way, except I wasn't gonna say it. No, it is. There's there's two there are two places where polyjet <laughs> fails sandstone. Support material, because mm -hmm. it, it does need support material that is removed with a lye water bath uh, or uh, hard jet. Mm. Yeah, it, mm -hmm. it, it's a whole system. It's not a heavy uh, concentration of lye, but it's still like, you know, if you're trying to burn off your fingerprints, do it with your, you know, with raw hands. But if you are not trying to burn off your fingerprints, let's just wear some gloves. Um, mm. Although I know oh, Stratasys has gotten better at that. Uh, and then the other one is cost. The the J750, the J850, and now the J350 are all considerably more expensive upfront. And it's it's never the upfront cost. Like when I'm looking at buying machines, I'm not generally worried about the upfront cost, right? If it's a hundred grand, it's a hundred grand. You're not going to get around that. I'm worried about maintenance cost as well as material mm. cost. If yeah. This thing like. 
the full color. Because that's sandstone. that's literally eating out of your profits every time. Right. Yeah. yeah. You can a hundred thousand dollar machine if it's if you can make a hundred times your money every single time you're printing. The ROI on that is weeks. Unfortunately, yeah, that's not how these machines work. There is a mm. standard set by Shapeways, Sculptio, Zometry, Prodways, and and a few other of the larger service bureaus that if you're above their price, you better be innovating in some way and at least when i was heavy into full color full color polyjet was not a thing it did not right. exist mm -hmm. you had ah i actually have it you had connex 3. this Ooh. is as many colors as you could fit on one part with a stratasys 500 connex 3. okay this is colors are they... pretty rich though oh yeah they're mm -hmm. and that's yeah. the dull side here's the shiny side nice i'm i'm more looking at the this the saturation than the finish oh yeah it, it's gorgeous yeah I mean, no the saturation is really good i feel like that's usually where full color printing um can fall flat is the, yeah. the saturation and i am muted. i am a huge huge color nerd this, this is definitely a, th a thing that came up came up yesterday as well and in fact i think i i impressed both billy and andrew when i was able to pull out a a both succinct and thorough explanation of the difference between RGB and CMYK and why they're both important. Just completely out of my ass on the drop of a hat. Um, and they were both like, <laughs> like You and Thomas are gonna get along just fine. I was gonna say, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't I pull that explanation out I on think you guys you like just the other day? I, yeah. Yeah. If you did it it's the other day, you definitely brilliant. did during the branding episodes which I still, I love those so much where we had you on as a guest and you, the entire episode is you like chewing us out for having shitty branding. It was beautiful. I loved it. <laughs> oh, you're the, you the branding, you're the branding boy. Ah, uh, yes. yes. No, very yes. good. Yeah. yeah, Thomas is our-, our oh, Did you um, talk about me, Grant, somewhere else? You know, oh. if, yes. you, if you would follow the things that I send you and actually read and listen to them, yeah, you would see that I do. Grant, because I've I'm been entertaining a guest. I had to spend time with my friend, <laughs> but I'm catching up now. I've got all these videos I have to watch. What the hell? You were friends, in fact Thomas? spoken of very nicely. You were spoken of very nicely in the the Muta Maker interview, um, as as oh. we talked about the the 3D Musketeer branding and stuff like that. And which this is definitely a thing I appreciate. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> that just happened. It's the microphone. <laughs> This is why I can't have nice things. Um, it's okay, we're the same way. Whack. Um, you were definitely spoken of quite nicely and branding is definitely something that I, I, I appreciate as I have, I have a bit more of a, I have a bit of a background in, uh, in graphic design and in, in branding and marketing and that sort of thing. So I definitely have a strong appreciation for people who have an eye for that sort of thing. So. If, if, if people look at you and look at your background and don't immediately think that you're in graphic design, they're crazy because you've got a ridiculous, there's at least a grand of Copics behind you. I was about to say, I see the Copic yeah. markers. <laughs> And I'm not a graphic artist, and I know those are Copics. <laughs> Honestly, though, the most amazing thing about this collection is not the fact that it exists. It's how old it is. I have had these markers for 15 years. Wow. And they are all still great, except for one. For some reason, one's gone off. One of them, for some reason, the color has gone weird. Um, mm. I'm going to guess there is a fault in it. Uh, every other one, though, is just as good as the day I got it. Obviously they do run out, but they're also refillable, which is amazing. Oh. I've got, I've got, yeah, if you didn't know that, Copic markers are refillable. Hmm. You yep. get little canisters of ink 
and one canister is like five refills or something. So it's, it costs slightly more than a new marker. I think it's like $10 for one thing of ink, but it will, it, they're an investment. They're absolutely an investment. But the mm. point is, is that they are a good investment. Do the tips I have wear had out? You can even get new tips if you wanted to. Oh. Yes, also that, but yeah. like, oh, the, 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 choose the one at random. Wow, that's like incredibly consumer friendly. For I once. mean, obviously it, it doesn't want to focus because it, it likes my face better. Um, um, I like the chunky but, tips. Yeah. Because I do lettering with lots of mine, yeah. Yep. Ah. Do you have the the sketch or the original? Oh my goodness, I think I have the sketch. Yeah, yeah it looks now. like the sketch. Mm -hmm. That's what the I've got. The skinny ones. Yeah. I like the sketch because um, <clears throat> I'm an I'm an artist. Um, like, and I like to to draw, um, and I like that brush sort of yeah. uh, feel to it. So yeah, I have had these since I was in university, and actually maybe even slightly before. I can't remember when I went to university anymore. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's a long time ago. Um, but that's the that's the thing is that yes, you're right. That's probably about a grand worth of markers. Um, but they have gotten their money's worth actually. Oh, yeah. And now they've got now they've got a nice home too because I designed mm. and 3D printed them a nice uh, a nice modular home. So a very colorful <laughs> home. Modular. Home. Actually, I like it. I like this because I can go boop. And I can that is so cool. sick. Oh, because oh, it's like a honeycomb. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is so it's, cool. It's completely modular. Um, mm -hmm. It can be, it can be mounted on a wall. It can be sat on a desk because some of these are um, flat bottomed, so mm -hmm. you can just sit them at a desk. They can be uh, basically attached to each other. Um, from more or less any side, though, I also did ones like this one that were like more fashion. So like mm. they look a little bit more interesting, but they also have uh, slots for um, neodymium magnets so they can stick together with magnets. And as you can see, they come apart pretty easily. So let's see if you I know, can we, get this back on one handed. We do have a consistent question here. It's uh, how do magnets work? <clears throat> <laughs> Who even knows, Grant? I don't know. I don't Magic? Know. Yeah. That, could that's be. all I got. Very I'm not a scientist. Wait, so what did you what did you do in university? What was your path? That's an interesting question. <laughs> it is. It is an interesting question because I am technically no longer doing what I was trained to do. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm also not super far from it. So mm -hmm. I uh, I actually so I got a BFA, a bachelor's mm -hmm. of fine arts, which is obviously that's all good. Um, but my my major, I guess, was uh, media arts and animation. So I actually oh, studied animation mm. uh, and uh, I, I learned I learned 2D animation, I learned 3D animation and I went on to focus more on 3D animation and the stuff related to it. Though the, of course, the ir irony is uh, I actually had learned that I don't really like doing animation. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was the thing. Like I love animation as a concept. I, I mean, I fucking love animation. I have been mm. watching I've been watching animated things my whole life and I still do. And I have such an incredible love and appreciation for it. So much more so now that I know how it's made and what goes into it. And, and let me tell both y'all and y'all that um, <laughs> nobody has any idea how much work goes into animation until you know how to do it. Like it is so much more work than you can appreciate mm -hmm. until you learn the process and you go, oh, wow. Oh. Like, I would spend three months 
on a, an animation that was a minute and a half. And I worked my ass off to get that minute and a half. And like, it's just like, oh, it's, it's a lot. So like full length feature films to me are just kind of like, wow. Well, but especially but I look you hand drawn. Oh yeah. God. Which then, I've well, done. Even, oh God. It's, it's funny to me, like the, the whole hand drawn distinction, it gets crazy because yeah, you're hand drawing these frames but even when you get into 3D animation, now you've got a whole crew of people that have to optimize renders. And then you have a whole crew of people that just do lighting. And mm -hmm. then now yep. you have people coding and building systems to generate an environment that's believed. It's like insane. And then the Pixar hires more programmers than artists at this point. So yeah. like that's a, that is a whole thing as well. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. like procedural things and physics engines. And well, yeah, mm. it really, really goes on. Oh, shit. Over I, over Christmas, my girlfriend and I just watched Frozen Two, and I was like, "This is the like the most realistic, three D animated movie I've ever seen." Like in terms of the yeah. backgrounds and stuff, I was like, "They didn't like fly over Norway with you know the IMAX camera on a boom on a helicopter because that's it what not. it looks like." The uh, there is there was a was whole heckin' team of people who did that. Oh yeah, if my... you guys want to watch like a, a classical animation studio that actually utilizes 3d printing leica studios they're responsible leica. for paranorman the box amazing tools, of which we did yeah. parts for very uh, nice they did kubo and the two strings kubo and the two strings was the first time that stratasys j750 machines were used in anything leica was the only beta tester for the j750 that could publicly talk about it and they taught and they have all these videos of the behind the scenes like uh, Paranorman and the box trolls were, were all done on sandstone. So they were 100% sandstone. We were like as backup printer at the time. Nice. So that we did like, and they'll even explain it in the video that they would print 150 of one face and take one of them because they mm. needed the color to be perfect. And the issue with the sandstone printers is that their color is not always consistent. Uh. That's why we started to make our own ink because I was tired of inconsistencies. If we can control those variables, we can control the color. Yeah. But like to see the effort that they go through, Leica has, I think it's a six minute video on, uh, it's either Paranorman or the Box Trolls, where it's all, they're animating it but they're also the behind the scenes and the animating. Mm -hmm. It's all the magnets and the thousands of pounds oh. of super glue. And, uh, well, and, people... and that's, that's gonna say that's stop motion too, which is mm. truly the most Another... incredible, most time consuming of all animation. Yep. Admittedly, I, I, I'm a huge fan of Leica because they are combining two things that I think are incredible 3D printing and stop motion animation. And just, they're doing a hell of a good job of it. Like, Stop motion is just, there's a reason why so few people do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's you so have to be insane. You mean yeah. like Chicken Little? <laughs> oh, God. Um, chicken, chicken Little was the first uh, 3D, first Disney fully 3D uh, motion picture. Was yeah. it really? Was it really? Yes, it was. Oh, the, the, cool. See, admittedly, I, I do know. I do know. That is, that's an odd choice. really awesome. It so, was actually not bad. It was really actually pretty well done, all considered. Because because previously all all three D animated things were in Pixar's domain, um, mm -hmm. and Chicken Little is Disney, not Pixar. Different studio, different employees, different right. everything. Um, and so, like Chicken Little was the first fully three D feature length film that was Disney and not Pixar. Mm. That was also like two thousand four. 
2005, 2006 ish. It was a while ago. I remember watching it in movie theaters, which of course is now. Can't do a thing. Can't do that now. I recently found out my local movie theater shut down. What is movie theater? Oh. But they shut down three years ago. Oh. I didn't know I never go to the anymore. Wow. Okay, I don't feel so bad anymore. I definitely don't feel so bad anymore. But like in, um, in Thomas's case, the only theater in town closed. Oh. So mm, I don't really like what I was gonna go to it during the pandemic. No, I know, but like, yeah, but yeah. still it's I'm it's moving. Sad. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> You're moving? Eventually. Uh, Florida? <laughs> no. Oh. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where so where far- where are you heading? Where you had? Oh God! I mean, I'll probably go to Portland. That's where my most. Uh, mm. That's where a lot of my clients like, are right now. Yeah, please come join me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so fun thing. I'm I'm flitting around on Street View right now, and I'm like, oh, so that's what that building is. Yeah, Leica is less than a mile away from me. Oh, mm-hmm. shut up! That's <laughs> rude. Get is, over God there! Damn it! Uh, you know the thing is though, I'm like going around. They don't have a damn single piece of signage whatsoever. Of course not. I have no idea. I think I probably steal their trolls. I guess there is millions of dollars of not just machinery, but IP. The IP that sits in that facility is worth billions of dollars. The trolls, Tad. The The trolls. trolls. (laughs) But also, it's not like they need to be bringing in like customers from the street or anything. Like nobody should totally reach out and see if you can get a tour. Actually, hold on. I found. What's the worst they're going to tell you? No. Yeah. Oh, it's just a rant. It's just for the business park. So yeah, they don't have a sign themselves. Yeah, I mean, you might not get a tour right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, a tour of Leica would be. That'd be, be heck. We've got one of the greatest marketing agencies here in town. They're called Diamond View. They installed the world's first digital green screen. So it's mm. a each. 25 or 26 inch part of this screen is a 4k monitor mm-hmm. completely seamless it's all led and it is 30 feet wide whoa it's those big curved guys they shot the mandalorian on it yes. right yeah. okay yes. i was gonna say well because i was gonna say what is the point of a digital green screen it's un- any background I- you want well that's it, it isn't yeah. it it's it's, it's when you say a digital green screen, I think of a literal green screen. Yeah, like yeah. I didn't have a better. <laughs> like way it's to green. It. I was like, yeah, it's it's cool because they have the whole environment built for where they're yep. shooting. Yes, and then that I am familiar yeah. with. And yeah, then their no, cameras are like set up in Unity, and it's all yep. mapped. It's super. So they don't have crazy. to like imagine it, right? Right. Well, there's one and in Portland, Tad. <laughs> is there really? They've got. Yeah, uh, they've the got studio their I work main... for has access. Their main mm-hmm. camera's on a six-axis robotic arm mm-hmm. so that there's no humans that touch it. It is all programmed to do the movements that you want it to make. And, of course, if if you, if you the listener, the watcher, has not seen a five- or six-axis simultaneous robotic arm doing uh, point manipulation, it's amazing to see something do that. If you Very haven't sexy. seen the the Boston robot, I was about to say the, the way you described all that. Boston I'm like dynamics. this this arm this robot arm could do things to you that you couldn't. Yeah. Imagine, this it's arm's true, got though. so many points of rotation. <laughs> this is the, the, the tone going steadily down. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
No, it's it's they're very Boston cool. Dynamics they're very video cool. they just put out was amazing on that though. The oh, yeah. Yeah. six degrees. I, I I definitely was uh was was super super impressed. Um though though I feel like I, I also offended people by being impressed. Why? I I completely understand that not everyone looks at robots and sees the same thing. That's fair. That's yep. super fair. I I very much try to see things as tools and not intent. Um, and so like I looked at it and very much my kind of my some of my first thoughts were like just being impressed at the articulation of the joints. Mm. Mostly <laughs> being able to balance that kind of weight with that kind of movement mm. felt very impressive to me. Dancing's hard when you oh, have yeah. a human body. Like they had a robot like, doing the running man. Yeah, like it's <laughs> it's it's like the physics of dancing are are complicated. Yes. And to be able to program that into a machine, to me that felt very impressive. Admittedly, a lot a lot of people looked at them and, and saw something a little bit more frightening. Um, yeah. which again, fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. It's true. However, nobody needs to get shitty with me about it. I didn't build mm. them. Um, like no. my robot. I didn't build these possible murder death <laughs> no, robots. No, and if singularity is dancing, I mean. <laughs> but no, I, I do appreciate though that there is many sides to it. And uh, my my first initial thought is but one of many that could have been had. So mm. I yeah, I, I definitely looked at it and went, whoa, whoa. And like, I'm, again, went to those various thoughts and then a few, a few other people kind of like, well, what about this? And I was like, yeah, mm. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. That could be terrifying, actually. I, I think it's super <laughs> interesting that you have an animation background because I also have an animation background. Um, but <laughs> what impresses me and what I'm, I'm curious about with how Boston Dynamics runs their, you know, their shop and how they make the... Obviously, there's a bunch of engineering going into the robots. I'm curious mm -hmm. as to when the programming coming comes into making these dance sequences. I'm curious as to how they're doing all of that. I because I doubt it's lines of code, and I, I bet it's you motion it's capture. Well, I bet you it's lines of code after to make sure that the robot is making contact with the right surfaces, right? Mm -hmm. But but someone's like animating that, right? Yeah. They had someone animate that sequence, and this is so mind-boggling to me because now animators or in the future because i bet you it's engineers right now but that means animators down the road will be tweaking like robot dance sequences slash mm -hmm. robots doing things in public to advertise and animators new job will be making animation that is for robots in real life for robots in real life yeah i, I mean that makes that makes sense to me because <laughs> mm -hmm. the skills that go into animation are not they're not bog standard skills. They're not yeah. skills that just anyone can just pick up. Especially that level. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like things like dancing is really complicated. If you had like if you if you had a demo reel, if like you're an animator with like a demo reel with like something like break dancing or something in it, then like you are hired. Like you're just you're done. Like because that yeah. sort of thing is incredibly complicated. And I would actually go so far, and I can't, I can't obviously prove this, but I you said motion capture. And I would say no. Um, I've done motion capture. I've worked in motion capture studios, and I've seen um, what it looks like when you when you got it. And the fact is, is that you can tell something that's motion captured. If you watch a film 
that's been motion captured and compare it to one that hasn't been, you can tell, or at least I can mm. tell. <laughs> Maybe not well, everyone can tell. I can tell. It's it's um it's almost the difference between like a video game and a feature film because like Frozen had no no motion capture no. in it. But just if very you were to talented play, animators. If mm-hmm. you were to play like uh like any video game like Fallout or or Cyberpunk or whatever, they have pre-baked motion capture animations, which the data is really weird because it doesn't fully capture everything still. No. And we have really you good stuff. You still need stuff. an artist to go in and and, and, and yeah. them. And I was gonna say the crazy thing is people will uh, do motion capture, but then mm-hmm. animators still have to come in and fix it to a certain degree. I mean it like, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then we go in and we have to keyframe people moving their fingers because motion not to mention cleaning it up because it never comes yeah. in as nice as noisy you data it, yeah because yeah. so like, then you'll have like a, a wrist come down and then it snaps back up for no reason and you have like this weird like, bah! You're like oh because yeah. like, oh, it lost tracking for some reason yeah it just stuff like okay. that there's, i mean there's, there's yeah. so many ways it can, go, it can go wrong i've only so ever watched it i've never actually like worked in it and see to me the robots in that boston dynamics video were amazing Right. It was not the robots that impressed me. It was all the programming and coding and back end work that went into it. And then yeah, also yeah. The that was what I was operator. thinking as well. I think <laughs> yeah. the key that to that was also video, a robot. You know that was a robot too. The key to that video that was a robot, been yeah. that the last couple of, uh, of frames are it turning into a mirror and it's one of the spot dogs holding the camera that to mm, me yeah. would have just been like the boom version nothing of would have video. been better than one of those yeah like it pans out or has a look and it's just them filming each other and it's yeah, like yeah, oh yeah. my god i'm guessing <laughs> there's no way it could have been a person that's way no, too, it's too risky smooth. no it's too smooth as well uh like that was actually my one a of my first camera, thoughts um uh what's the other like the like a gimbal wouldn't that give you that kind of motion mm. No, it was not too. Nice. Art- not it was like, it was like too yeah. articulated. Even with a gimbal, you're not going to get rid of everything. <laughs> so we so, really believe it might have been on a robot. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> At least on some sort of robot. Maybe not well, one of those robots, but like mm-hmm. some maybe like a quadcopter sort of, of some sort. I don't know. You know how uh, we were talking about. You know how we were talking about the six degrees of or eight? It's like yeah. that. I mean, so, if they did that, then they probably have one of those cameras sitting in there on hydraulics, just kind of yeah. like moving like yeah my first thought actually when i saw it um was because because of course i'm i'm jaded and highly skeptical my first thought was (laughs) was this animated yeah it almost could have been and it's it well yes and there's a there's i can basically tell you why i know it wasn't um but the camera was one of the reasons why i thought it was because the Mm -hmm. camera was so smooth it was too good so perfectly smooth because again when you have a digital camera when you when you're doing um camera work and you can just tell it to go wherever it's yeah Yeah. it's unattached to anything it's un it's unimpeded by reality Mm -hmm. like it's the smoothest camera action you can ever have and so i saw that video and i was like camera's really smooth Mm -hmm. and then i saw real people and I was like, that's too much effort. Yeah. No one would do that. <laughs> well, you know, actually, it's true. It's true. It's I, had, I had like the exact same thought when I was watching that video because of the camera motion. And that just brought up another thing in my head. And I'm like, okay, so someone took this in, uh, maybe, most likely. I really think so. And then they used code to make sure that robots could do it. Someone took this into an, a 3D animation program and someone was also animating the camera movements and they could see a live preview. It plays exactly like that. Mm-hmm. Playing in 3D space before running code to robots. 
And they could have like a faux render, like a low res render to say, this is what it'll look like because we measured the space. We know how they're gonna move in mm -hmm. the exact space we want them to. Our camera can move anywhere we want it to. So we've literally created a real space where we can animate all of yeah. these different pieces, including the camera, which is just like, yeah. Oh yeah. This, so, so I, had, I, I totally money. back this up. I back up this theory. Same. I, mean, that, I, totally I had, had another, oh, sorry. The video had 20 million views in 24 hours. It is I want to know how much money and time <laughs> they spent in making it because maybe either, a lot. Either someone in their yeah. marketing department just doesn't give a damn and needed to burn money before the end of the year because it came out like right at the end mm -hmm. of the year. Or, or they're yeah. like this every time we do something, it goes viral. So let's just do something stupid. It's like if Elon Musk had a PR department, this is what it would do. So I had another thought though. Um, I, I know part of the problem with robotics is that making complex motions like that is extremely hard. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Because with robots, you know, you want to have a single predetermined path to do a thing, but that's not like how humans move. And so I was thinking, you know, this whole time you guys have been talking about, oh, someone animated this. And I'm like, mm, probably part of it. This is how I think they did it. I think they, they tell it where they want each limb to go at, at any point in time. Mm. But, but I suspect that they rely on the robot's actual onboard computation oh, to, make to get it to there from each move to each move. Because yeah. otherwise it's way too much code oh. for a single oh, yeah. humans no. to do. No, they, mm. they super do. But when you're animating in 3D space, basically all you're doing technically is we're making just telling it where you want it to be. At a certain yeah. point in time, and it's an X, Y, Z... Oh, okay, so then it's gonna and be so very then they, similar. Then they're setting bake a the, line, and they're telling the robot, "Hey, I yeah. need you to get from here to here. I need you to take this." You line. figure out how Whatever to do it. Whatever the yeah. joints need to move to make it happen. Well, yeah, it's do it. it's just a visual editor. Technically. Oh, okay. cool. Cause, yeah, because yeah, because all you're doing is is plotting coordinates in three D animation. Okay, yeah, all right. That's well, then it doing. is very like don't very get me the same. I want one of those robots, but I'd much rather have the software because the mm. software I can build. Look, I, I we have we have three D printing business. We can build. Okay, not a great version, but enough of a version <laughs> that would work for us. Okay, <laughs> but it's the programming where I've got two business degrees. I am not qualified <laughs> to do the programming for this, and there is not a single person in Hard this thing. chat right now that is even no. remotely qualified. No, 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 no. no. I, yeah, no, I happily will confess. Now, when it comes down to it, the, the basics of animation, whether it's actually two D or three D, is very simple, and it's it's that you have keyframes that mm -hmm. capture a moment, a, an, an action. And then when it's 3D animation, yeah, it is literally an X, Y, Z coordinate. Um, and then you just have, you have a series of effectively of poses, of positions, of mm -hmm. spaces in, of positions in space. And these things just get strung together. And what makes obviously animation good is how you string them together, mm -hmm. how you make them work how you how you tween effectively that's i mean that's right actually the a technical tweening. term yeah <laughs> how you tween the, effectively yeah. is how the, good an animation will look um and that's where the realism comes in is the how mm. do you transition from this position to this position without it looking awkward or yeah. choppy or weird um, so the higher quality is going to have more things between yeah. those two right there's a or reason just... why um back in the day when things were hand drawn the more frames an animation had, the better it mm -hmm. looked because you could then capture more action, capture more in it. 
Um, these days, all, it, all animation is pretty much 30 frames a second, um, regardless of what is happening in it. Because again, if it's digital, then it's, it just works differently. You're not taking a physical mm -hmm. photo of, mm -hmm. of, a, of a drawing and then stringing it together, which is how it used to be done. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's the basics of it is, is just that. That is, that is it. That's animation. So like what Thomas is saying is mm -hmm. it could be that, like, or at least to some level, it could be that. Yeah. Um, how they're translating the information is a totally different question. Like how they potentially mm -hmm. oh, are yeah. translating it from an, an X, Y, like effect. Cause I do think it's entirely possible that it could be someone who is a, effectively an artist who mm. is familiar with principles of animation and how to make things move in a way that looks natural and realistic. It just looks And then so translating good. that to yeah. programming for a robot. Like that bit, I couldn't tell you. That's I, again, outside of my, I would think that like I know I know like I doubt they're using this but I know like Blender uses and can give you like a feedback of coordinates in keyframes like it can actually export data for you huh. if you wanted it so you can like see it in raw like you mm. know data of where things are going and you can I've never done anything that. like that I've never had a need I've never I, neither have I I just know it can do it <laughs> there's no I feel like um, I've also never and, used Blender there's, there's it's that. a nightmare. It's I've a used it like twice but... and then decided I hated it and moved on. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm learning it and I'm figuring it out. I'm getting there. But the I, I feel like someone did animate it to get that whole sequence together in some capacity. And I wonder if they, my biggest curiosity is if they're using an animation program that exists, what is it? And if not, did they build something did they just build a that. visual program just for this? Like Probably, for them. knowing I them. Mean, with the kind of money that they have, the government funding that they get, option two is absolutely there. And we the thing is, it's probably still based off of something we know, though, because yeah, that's usually how be. that works. It's probably that's, that's how Pixar did it. Blender's fully yeah. open source. They it could can, just be a big plugin. Yeah. Maybe, but like... They could do ground right. up, but I doubt render it. man though. Like render man mm -hmm. is obviously what Pixar uses is their mm -hmm. proprietary software, but it's Maya. It's Maya at its core. It's Maya that has been basically Gosh, taken, Maya. had parts of it pulled apart and then new stuff added in. Mm -hmm. it's, it's basically like turbocharged Maya. Um, oh, so, so yeah, like if, if we're talking, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I am not actually a fan of Maya. Um, I, I know how to use it. I don't like it. Um, but like, obviously if we're talking, if we're talking somebody with money and a proprietary software, open source is not a requirement. <laughs> no, but okay. open source is a problem for them, but what, it, what that open source blender gives them is a phenomenal starting framework that they can build sure. from. But yeah, yeah, knowing them, it's probably ground up built. They've spent billions of dollars of tax dollars to make it. And what do they do? They make dancing robots. Dancing robots. Well, I was gonna say like- At like, which point uh, I'd be like, can I have the software please? Yeah. <laughs> can I have the what, government funding please? <laughs> what, what I face said earlier um, was like, if you have animation or you have a reel and dancing is in your reel, you get hired. These guys made robots dance and with weight and with everything. So mm -hmm. it's this isn't like I think it's showing think, you the peak of what's possible. Well, yeah, I was gonna say, Grant, you're like, it's so funny. And it's like, I don't know if it's funny because this is impossible as far as we knew up until this point. They're showing off everything these robots can do, and it just happens to be dancing. Like 
holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're showing everything else is going to be there. child's play compared to that. Because if, if you go think. back, if you go back to that video and watch where the robot is actually doing the running man, they put water or some sort of lubricant on the ground. So not only. I don't remember that. I, it, there, there's a spot under the robot that is shining. again. So unless it's leaking again. oil, which is not impossible, but to do the running man, you have to have a certain level of le low friction, right? You have to have slippage. These robots are not designed to slip. So, so they, they have to circumvent to their own thing. But it didn't fall over. Well, that no. we see. I'm waiting for uh, that blooper. We reel. have no idea how many takes they took. Like. Yeah, that's true. Well, <laughs> what was interesting to me also was that they were all untethered now. That you know how yes. in previous videos they had the big power cable. They were none of that. They're like. And so I wonder what their battery reactors. life is. <laughs> that's that's can't a be whole very other long. question, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What is their battery life like? Were there how many times did they have to charge long. them? Yeah, I, I forget. Long. Were there cuts in that video, or was it all one take? It, no, there were cuts. cuts. There was yeah. If there were cuts, then they could have charged those bad boys in between and reset oh, they had everything. To. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, there was definitely cuts. There was. Okay, um, I forget. There were so several cuts, in fact. So, I love yeah, how all of that. us were, were focusing purely on the how. Oh and, yeah, and we, we're barely touching the why. No, no. <laughs> the why is that. why not, Grant? Not touching That's that. The why. <laughs> I like, the Jurassic yeah. I like Park quote the just because you can doesn't mean you should or whatever. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, yeah. They were so not, focused on whether or not they can, they didn't. They didn't uh, bother to mm. deal with whether or not they should. Yeah, that's yeah. That's... Let's 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 not go there. That's... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that sounds like a whole a whole a whole conversation for another yeah, we, time. We've spent like thirty five so minutes talking about it. Yeah, no, I know. Like, there's so many other things that. Yes, let's let's talk more about anything you. else. <laughs> yeah, let's circle because, back. Circle back. They, we, we, so we we tangented hard on the idea of animation and what animation means and how we're seeing it in today, but that was just the beginning of your life cycle as yeah. a professional maker. So yeah. I, I see a Prusa Mark III S. In the background, it looks like you might have that lighting kit mod that I've been eyeing do. to potentially do. Is it worth it? Is it I. Worth it? You want to? You want to see it real quick? I, I, I kind of do. Hold, hold on! Hold on! Hold on! <laughs> Yay! All right, say whatever you want. You'll never hear it. <laughs> that is nice, Thomas. That's like the right amount of lighting, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah. You can uh, probably. Yeah. You're gonna see it. It. Yeah. Um, that's so, like the right amount of lighting. It's honestly, it's lovely. It's perfect for time lapses. That's um, yeah. Thomas has been it, on me to start doing those. <laughs> it was dead easy to install. Now I will say this: I bought the um, I bought the pre-assembled one, and I did it for a pretty simple reason, and it's that I am not an electronics person, and so I don't already have all of the bits and pieces to hand to do it. So it would have actually cost me more money yeah. to source the pieces, which mind you, were not necessarily easy to get in the UK because this is designed by an American. Of course. Um, I would have spent more money sourcing the pieces and then oh, building yeah. it myself. So I just bought it pre-assembled. Pre that just, it just made sense. I've got but all the pieces installing it was very easy. And I, I've easy. just been kind of wondering because like I have a shop light that I keep off because when I turn it on, it blows out the video and I use it. So if I do need to work on a machine, I've got that hardcore light, but it's 
terrible for anything else. And because we're looking at rebranding 3D Musketeers, we have, although it's not public, we've rebranded 3D Musketeers. Um, you know, part of that is showing off more of what we're capable of. And part of that includes, well, pictures and images and, you know, the stuff that we're making right now, I actually can't get any closer with a camera than what you're seeing because I can't, it's protected by non-disclosures. That's uh, fair. That's very yeah. fair. And I was going to so say, as far as, uh, you won't know what it is anyways. <laughs> as far as the, uh, like the time lapses and stuff goes, you are in luck because I am currently working on a, uh, a video walking mm. through my process. Of there it, it is. And nice. Like, See? There you go. It's obviously awesome. one of those things that there's 800 ways to do it and they're all technically correct and they're not, mm -hmm. one is not necessarily better or worse than the other. However, you have a Prusa, I have a Prusa. <laughs> like basically it's, I have personally found it's a lot easier to, um, to kind of, to mimic someone's process who has the same printer as Oh, you. without a doubt, so, without a doubt. So yeah, so like, for you specifically, and for in fact, anyone who has a Prusa Mark III S and up, and possibly yeah. even below. Mark III um, S plus XYZ LMNOP. Actually Mark, Mark III, this would probably work with a Mark III, maybe even a Mark II, because I'm not certain how different their designs are. But basically my process will be much more sure. useful for people who have the same printer. Um, yeah. and I, um, I'm breaking it down. It's not exactly a tutorial. It's not a, here's how you do it, but it's a, here's how I do it broken down step-by-step. Step. And mm. I include things like light. I include things like camera settings, uh, even the compiling at the end. Like I, it is a, it will be. How soon is this coming out? January? Don't put a time on it. Don't put a time on it. Okay, <laughs> but I'm asking this because this sounds like a video I'd like to put my name on. So we should uh, we should circle <laughs> back to that at, toward the end. But I, I grab my Raspberry Pi 3B because that's probably what you're using. You're probably using Octolapse because that's what I would do. No, I'm not. You're not. Hmm. Interesting. No. No, I'm because not. <laughs> we tried doing it with the Fusion 3 because the Fusion 3 is one of the two DBOT Core XY style printers that we have. So the bed just moves down. Well, the problem with the Fusion 3 is it is about 18 inches from the ceiling and you can't yeah. open the lid all the way, which means you can't easily film in it. And the lighting on it sucks because, well, I've got two fans with lights on them and the lighting that you see that makes me look good is, well, it's recording lights. So, and they're still one on. It gets real bad when I turn them all off, but uh, we couldn't get the lighting right. And so I've been looking at doing 50-50, the RGB uh, LEDs along the bottom of the shelves here to give us auxiliary extra lighting. That way we could do it. But then I'm like, well, I really like those, the, the, the hoop lights that people use for the Prusa. Mm. And I saw the one on yours. And that to me is like perfect. Although. I think I might. It's not the only thing light. I use, though. Yeah, you yeah, probably use like not... another can light of some sort. Yeah. Oh, okay. I use a softbox. We've been recommending to people to use uh, Philips makes not the Hue, but they make a cheaper version of their Hue bulb. Um, it's sold at Home Depot across the United States. It's a thirteen dollar yeah. RGBW smart bulb that is not only full color control but color temperature control. Okay. And based on the the metering that I've taken from it, 
it's good enough for government work. It's really, really close. And you can get some of those clip-on lights. It's a very lights. specific thing. Yeah. yeah. It's like such a specific. Let me, let me try it. When it Grant, says, I gotta say, when it comes to lighting and stuff like that, the government is not the go. first place that I would set the Ooh. standard for art and things. I worked oh, near Tad's the got government. Tad's going full RGB right now. I'm doing <laughs> colors. <laughs> I'm doing colors. I don't want to give away too much. I don't want to give away too much of what is going to be in my That's video. That's fine. That's um, fine. I'm, I'm but I will excited. say, I will say, it's Lamp not Octolapse um, because uh, my camera doesn't work with it. <laughs> so. I, I basically, the, my, whole, my whole setup came about in a sort of like, I've got this kit and these skills. What can I do with these to get a good time-lapse setup? Mm. And so uh, that is exactly, exactly what I did. This is, this is supposed to be my next video. Um, I, it is not done. Uh, <laughs> So like, yeah, it's, it's still a, still a work in progress. Look, so. I, I did a live stream last night for the first time ever. We've spent like two hours with the kind of the crew on Terraria. And for the first 20 minutes, I was streaming my Steam homepage because I didn't check it. And Brad is blowing up my phone. I'm like, who the hell is texting me? I'm seeing all these Discord notifications. They're like, who is bothering me? And Brad's like, you're not streaming the game. You're talking, but we can't see anything. I'm like, well, good thing we don't have a big following or that would have been a problem. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's very, very funny. Yeah, very I'm a funny. newbie, but it, it, look, if I'm going to start playing games with everyone, because like I have played more on Steam in the past two days than I've played in the past two years combined. I do not play video games because I, I don't like playing solo. I like playing with other people. Um, oh, I'm the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, a hard both, but I don't I don't understand people who do only play multiplayer. I need both. I do. Yeah, I, I yeah, love yeah. single player. I, I, I like I play Factorio single player all the time, but I find it to be a lot more fun when I can be involved with people that know more than I do because they're going to bring mm. a different perspective to the table. And then, that's why you want to play Oxygen Not Included with me. You just want to pump me for my sweet, sweet knowledge. I mean, hey, it, there, there's there's always a, a a back channel going on, right? There's always something. There's always. I, I am very good at it. Look, I, I I can sit and watch YouTube videos for for two days and figure out how to play Terraria, or I can <laughs> Watching... jump online. <laughs> And... Nothing kills me more than the idea of like watching a YouTube video to how to play Terraria and then just like watching it. it. But like, isn't that like how you just play the game and figure it out? Like yeah, I've right. never even thought of like going online and typing. It's like when they used to have manuals in games and like I no one love read that. Those. Give me hey, a manual. I like those manuals. Thank you very much. No, I also I also love the manuals, but I would be lying if I ever told you I opened one of those up to be like, oh, the A button is jump. Good. Like I'm glad the manual <laughs> told me that. I like the rest of it where it's like, ooh, little pictures and this is the character names and stuff. But best, I never never read a video controls. game manual ever. Homeworld. Homeworld has a great manual. Yeah. That thing was like this thick. And it was nice. so good. That was a very like complicated a Prusa game. manual to assemble a Prusa printer. Like goes through. See, because I, I am not naturally <laughs> good at video games. I am naturally terrible at video oh, games. Mm. So that's why I like to 
work with other people because like we were playing terraria terraria i don't know terrarium terraria like like a terrarium i I was we were playing with like five of us last night and i'm trying to learn and they're just throwing all the hardcore stuff at me of course that's pretty thick manual and pretty thick that looks like a a physical manual i mean geez yeah Yeah, no that does look like a full graphic novel this page says the ultimate goal and the big question which is like a big like that's kind of a big question for a manual to start trying to answer i know the answer thomas how's Mm. the typeface in there do you like it no, I don't. And I think the graphic design, <laughs> and I think the graphic design is uh, pretty much. Uh, I think uh, that's... you can tell it. You can tell it's old. It's a product of its time. That's uh, you know what? Say. I need to get. I need to get you on my my email rota for for the next time. I need to to actually get somebody to give me an honest opinion about um about some graphic design stuff. I I'm I will be there. I'll be there for you. I will do that. <laughs> I, you, Faye, I, you, so like, you should see how honest he was okay there are three episodes about how honest this man was about about our brand you know what <laughs> i i don't have time for sugarcoating i don't have time <laughs> for fluff and like you know what everyone's got their own thing and i res- i respect that a lot of people like things to be delivered in a slightly more palatable way that's fine i'm not that way Just i don't have time me. Like, yeah, just tell me, like, like, don't be a dick, but like, be honest, like be straightforward, yeah. be forthcoming. Um, and so like, not that long ago now, I, um, I finally finished my picture frame, my, my 3D printable picture frame mm-hmm. project, which was a huge undertaking and involved doing not one, but two instruction guides. Uh, because I am, I want these to be able to be created and put together by somebody who isn't me. Uh, the designer, you know, so it meant, it meant doing, it meant creating a thing that was both visually appealing, easy to understand, accessible to a wide audience, um, and fit within, you know, a certain kind of guidelines of how an instruction guide should look. And it was very much thanks to the kindness of talented friends that it looks as good as it does because I very much, I, I only kind of knew what I was doing, you know, I like, mm. I obviously, I understand things like t- topography and layout and graphic design, but like, I've never done an instruction guide before. So um, I am very much somebody who immensely values the input of other people. Um, because again, I'm not offended by mm. a, actually, this looks bad. And it would look better if you considered this thing. That's not offensive to me. That's helpful so <laughs> I, I like people like, who are blunt. <laughs> that's kind of like, that feels like a, you almost kind of learn that thing first year art school, because otherwise, uh, if you get your feelings hurt, you don't really, you can't really operate because every day you're taking hits like that. Yeah. And the and once you're detached from it, you know, emotionally, and you're t- treating it like it's the thing that needs to do yep. something. Yep. Uh, then it's great. Then you're just getting feedback. It's like writing a paper, you know. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> but again, it's, it's also that um, that knowledge that the person isn't trying to hurt your feelings. They're actually trying right. to help you be better. They're, They're trying, trying to, to make it good. You. Yeah. Whenever like, we're working with clients, we ask them, "Hey, you know, we're at this point where we need to actually look at your part and decide is it good." how you know how real do you want us to be because a lot of a lot of inventors a lot of makers get emotionally attached to everything and if you tell them look i don't see a market here 
they're going to start cussing you out. And while that doesn't generally bother me, it bothers me when they leave a Google review. Like, <laughs> and so, and, and that's the other thing. If you are working with a maker, whether it's 3D Musketeers, whether it's Geeky Faye, whether it's Billy Rubin, whoever it might be, do not leave shitty Google reviews. Only leave oh, yeah, have a conversation. Have a conversation like an adult. Yeah, exactly. Have a conversation like an adult. If you get this something is... good, leave that review. It is it is like pulling teeth to get reviews. Because yeah. that matters so much in terms of how our business grows and people don't see it. Or they use Yelp. <laughs> ah, don't use Yelp. But you know, I they, it, it it's so interesting to me because you, you went from this animation style then over to 3d printing how did you get between the two like what what was that transitionary period like between there's been a lot of things in between there's been a lot Talk of things to us um i've i've done i've done a lot of stuff so like like i said i went to school for animation but i kind of quickly realized that animation wasn't super duper my thing which again it's it's it, there's there's a lot of there's several level several levels of irony in that um certain aspects of animation I'm actually very good at because I have a background in theater. Um, I did I did theatrical performances on stage, like not not like I was the lighting person backstage as an I was on stage uh, for about seven years. So like I have a I have an understanding of movement mm -hmm. a lot of people lack, which meant that I was able to translate that into animation in a way that was quite good. But I just didn't find my passion in animation. I've I there been were other joined by yeah yeah it just was like it just the animation aspect of it didn't pull me in as much as other parts did right so like i definitely found that i felt like i was both more passionate about and more interested in the creation of the 3d models um and so that ended out being something that i i fell in i, I kind of dove into a bit more so like That's obviously true. i learned the whole process I learned everything from things like scripting and and kind of previs uh, of a story to again kind of character design to plan your planning processes and stuff like that whether that is an actual like a character sheet or something more like just like designing designing a thing um, the creation of things in 3D 3D modeling um, additionally things like texturing lighting I learned a little bit about particle effects, but not a whole lot. It was like kind of like auxiliary. Um, then you have, again, your, your rigging, your animation, all of that stuff. But then also I learned about compositing and post-processing, video editing, all of that video effects. All, and so like I learned the whole process in university, mm. which admittedly um, I, I, have a, I have very mixed feelings about my decision to go to the university I went to and study what I did because it costs a lot of money. Uh, but I learned a lot too. So it's kind of like, yeah, again, another conversation for another time. Uh, <laughs> but I definitely, I found that bits of that process appealed to me much more than other parts. Mm -hmm. And so like the actual animation part of the process, not so much. Um, the creation of the models, the planning, the editing, like the different things appealed to me more. So I ended out 
going and working in a, a range of jobs, kind of doing different parts of the processes, but not just different parts of the processes, but in different industries. And so like I've done, I've done a little bit of everything. I've done everything from industrial design, industrial application type stuff. I've worked for an oil and gas company, in fact, um, animating and basically taking really ugly CAD files Mm -hmm. and adapting them to something a little bit more visually appealing so that I could show how a um, a particular drill bit actually works down hole um, because you can't put a camera down there. Um, No, no, I used to work in the well and sinkhole industry, so I understand this problem. That that doesn't work. So that's all animated, obviously. That's going to be all digital. Um, I've, I've done, I've done a little bit of medical animation type work. I've done, I've worked for universities and kind of adapting, um, educational programs, which would use again, 3d, 3d design and, um, 2d actually as well, uh, to create, you know, programs to help kids learn. Um, Mm -hmm. I've worked in film very briefly. I've worked in commercial very briefly, and I've worked in video games, Um, and I got a bit, I've spent actually probably the most time accumulatively in the video game industry and I got burnt pretty badly Mm, by it. Um, Sorry to hear the the eh. sad story of the video game industry is they really like to fuck their artists over a lot, especially if they're big, I guess is the better. I shouldn't say it about indie, but big companies are kind of a, Oh, not no, for that to, because they're they're the the next line. exactly yeah. they've got a whole yeah. wall of yep. people coming up that they can replace Nah, and that's and that's unfortunately like my i i don't talk a whole lot about my experiences because i don't want to be that person that is i don't want to be that person that's shitting on people's dreams because so many people dream of working in the industry and i don't want to be like hey don't do it like mm-hmm. do anything else i don't want to be that person i also don't want to be known for like the things that didn't like like i, I don't want to necessarily be remembered as, as a person because of their negative experiences i suppose mm-hmm. so i also don't want to have anyone shown up in my inbox with some ire, you know, like, mm-hmm. so like, it's not a thing I talk about a whole lot, but like the fact is, is that I, yeah, I, there's a whole, there's a whole list. There's a whole list of things. Um, some of them to do with my gender, some of them not, um, some of them to do again with my position uh, as an artist versus like a programmer. And, uh, but unfortunately it, it absolutely, it tanked, it tanked my creativity. It like, basically it was like, I blew out a tire. Mm-hmm. Like really, really hard. Sorry to hear and that. And so I ended out just kind of for a while, I put it all down. I put it all down. I was so burnt out. I was so exhausted and angry and frustrated. It is that important I, to take breaks though. Yeah. So <laughs> I went. Sabbaticals are good. Yeah. And so I, I put it down. I went and I did other stuff for a while. And then I did. I, I, I based, I had one of those like slightly coming to Jesus moments. Like it wasn't a full coming to Jesus, but like <laughs> it was, you know, it was one of those, Hmm. Mm-hmm. We're basically was it a coming I need- to Prusa maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Not, quite. Not, Not quite. quite. Um, so, but that is actually, that's, that's interesting because 
I was first introduced to 3D printing through a good friend of mine. And I can't actually remember what it was that he had. This was years ago. I want to say maybe 2012, 2013. Mm. Um, I remember it was big, boxy. It was not an Ultimaker. It was, basically, it's nothing that I recognize now. Like with the knowledge I have now of 3D printing, which is pretty decent, I don't recognize what this printer was. So I don't think it was a super common one. Um, but I remember watching him set it up and I remember just being like, dude, what? <laughs> is this a thing that exists that you can own in your house? It's like, cause I, obviously I knew it was a thing, like, but I didn't realize that we had reached the point of consumer level. And Definitely so back then we did not, we still haven't. <laughs> eh, well, but I still saw them. I think I still at the time envisioned them as giant yeah. machines that mm -hmm. existed in factories. And here was one sat on a desk. So that was very interesting, but it didn't, it didn't quite take hold yet. It would be actually, a, it would be several more years before <laughs> what another friend, a different friend um, introduced me to her Prusa Mark II. Um, and I remember being like, Ooh, this is really cool. And I like, I remember she actually, she brought me a bunch of stuff that she'd 3D printed. And I was like, I was sitting there and I was just like, this is incredible. This is incredible. Like I, like I, I was, I was truly, I was mind blown. Um, and so like eventually there, so, so that was kind of like kind of slightly like back. And then I, so I had my, I definitely had my kind of like, all right, I miss, certain aspects of what I used to do. Mm -hmm. There are other aspects I would prefer to never touch again with a barge pole. So, but then there's also these things that perhaps I don't know about and have never done before. So I ended up kind of being like, well, what if we did something different? What if we did something different, but the same, but different? Yeah, same, same, <laughs> different. Yeah, so I, I I definitely kind of went. All right, I want to I want to I want to learn about three D printing. I want to I want to explore this particular thing. My first three D printer was a Flash Forge Finder, not a Prusa. Um, those are not bad starter printers. There no. are many many worse ones. It was honestly, it was a fantastic starter printer. Yeah. Um, and I no longer own it anymore <laughs> because I got rid of it out of frustration. Um. That but it's experience with flash forge printers. Yeah, Jesus. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go. Do you see Joel Telly's new video on the AD1? I'm like, dude, I don't know how that's gonna go, but I'm not holding out good faith on that printer. Good luck. No, there's, there's just, yeah, there's a lot of aspects of the flash forge, um, environment that flash is. Flash forge got popular like, because they rebranded the MakerBot replicator, the original MakerBot replicator, the good one, not the new one that was before Stratus has bought them in 2012, oddly enough. I I, I like your uh your your like you must make printing history. Yeah. He's an encyclopedia. Yeah, encyclopedia thing. He really is. He really 13 is. years this year, but it's since 2008. So right at the beginning of the industry. So I I, I remember when Stratus has bought MakerBot and everybody quickly started just giving Bree and some of the other people there big middle fingers. And I'm like, no, they got multi millions of dollars of money. If someone came in and said, I want to buy 3D Musketeers and 
I believe the undisclosed figure is around $95 million. If someone came in and gave me $95 million, I will give, I will personally drive out to every one of our customers' homes and give them a middle <clears throat> finger. And then I'll go fly to my private island because I don't care. Because at $95 million, <laughs> not only will I never have to work, my kids will never have to work, my grandkids will never have to work, my great-grandkids will never have to work. And if I properly invest it, Bitcoin would have been a great investment, uh, as of recording of this video, at least. Um, you know, if it's invested properly, the legacy of my life is nobody after me has to work. They can pursue whatever dream and goal they want with whatever financial freedom they want. And that is the goal of any business owner is to become financially successful to a point where you can maintain financial independence through not only your life cycle, but the life cycle of those that come after you. Yeah. And I can't blame them for that. Now I can blame them for how that transition happened where they just said, have fun, see you later. Thanks for the money. And there was no transition team. And so- Power vacuum. Huh? It's like power vacuum. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And Stratasys was like, we don't give a shit. We don't want your printers anyways. We want your marketing because at the time and still to this day, and if someone can find a way to do it, I think they've got a license to print money. Marketing for 3D printing companies and 3D makers in general is one of the most challenging things that marketing teams have ever had to deal with. We make really cool shit every single day. <laughs> And literally the other day, Thomas said, all right, Grant, 2021, I need you to take photos of basically everything that's not protected under non-disclosures. Thomas, what was the first photos I sent you? Big old dicks, big <laughs> yeah. penises. Yeah, we were doing a whole army of them. We did Tons of dicks. Uh, bath bomb mold masters, and they happened to be penises. Yeah, no, there not? is no non-disclosure on that. We can mark no, that man. all day. Yeah, you're good to go. That's no, we, we super, it's just not the most... Uh, now, I, I will laugh, Faye, because that yeah. the purchase order for that or the, you know, the actual money came through December 31st at 10 p.m. at night. And this this lady had just emailed us. She was freaking out. Her 3D printer person that she was working with refuses to do risque stuff. I'm like, it's anatomy. It's ah, not risque, yes. but whatever. Ah, yes. Uh, and mm. so this easily offended. This oh, gentleman yeah. <laughs> lost. Uh, this this lady's done 900 different prints in three years wow now seeing how much this was i'm gonna do everything i can to keep her as a client but i'm like this is the fitting way to end 2020 penises with dicks because that's mass what this creation. year has been for me has mass just creation been. of dicks yeah, only mass. four right two okay. <laughs> and we're, we, we are using the randy oh, marsh <laughs> version of uh measuring because it is seven inches total right did you not I'm know sorry. The, Randy, the Randy Marsh version what? of measuring? What? South what Park? Is... South oh, Park reference. Oh, oh, Jesus. Oh, God. <laughs> sorry, yeah. Yes, I have to, have to take into account the yaw. The names of the characters. <laughs> the yaw. <laughs> oh, no, so she, she ordered them in different sizes. And I'm like, yep, this is this, this is how my year is going to go. We're starting. It, it, this is it. It's, it's going to go up from here, right? Uh, but you know, 3D, it, it, this industry has just grown in such a way, but the marketing for it is still very complicated. And mm. it seems like you and Billy and some of the other, I'm going to call you influencers because I don't know a better term for it. I, I'm I think the I think the marketing term that we use is micro-influencer and it's like mm. the 
they're actually they're actually like the most effective way to market using influencers. Why do you think I asked to sponsor a video? Shut the hell up, Thomas. <laughs> Wait, did you? Hey, I am super open. I am super open to sponsorship. Did you do that? So. Thomas, it happened like 30 already? minutes ago. Oh my God, I must have been uh, not paying attention. What? Are we whispering? <laughs> Are you making deals behind my back, Grant? Why? I think it was more in front of. In front, in of, front of my face. <laughs> it was on recording. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I remember hearing that. I'm not. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> no, you you know what? Like that's that's the thing. Actually, is that a somebody who is who is good at this? It is. It's not luck. Like I I I, mm. I again. I no, I'm always formula. quite quite careful to like. The, the how much how much I say about oh hell no don't what, give out what the goes behind the scene oh no don't worry no I'm not <laughs> no secrets no. there's a little bit of a little bit of salt base sprinkled in there <laughs> it's more the um the amount of work and oh it's a shitload of work and that is that is one thing that I think a lot of people have no clue about but like I Billy and I actually are, are we're we're not we're not dissimilar in the sense that we have a really kind of interesting hodgepodge of skills. Um, we come from different, not like we're not from exactly the same background. We've done different things, but like we both have planet. <laughs> also that, yeah. um, but like we both have this really interesting, we don't necessarily have what would come off as a good CV. A resume, I suppose, mm -hmm. is the term y'all like to use in the U.S. CV yeah. is fine. Okay, yeah. uh, like uh, my CV doesn't necessarily, like, uh, according to the corporate world, mm -hmm. I might not necessarily be the most immediately hireable-looking person because my skill sets a bit all over the place, and and I, I haven't necessarily had the traditional career trajectory. And again, mm -hmm. I think Billy is similar. But what we have instead is we have a bunch of skills that we are able to kind of weave together into something else entirely and it means that we are able because we are one man bands i do everything <laughs> that you see is mm -hmm. me i am my i am the photographer i am the videographer i'm the script writer i am actually the doing the editor projects, and the graphic you know? designer those are the two things yeah. that i am so bad at like I, I i'm looking at your thumbnails looking like Shit, these are good. These are good. And like, Thank you. I, I, I got, appreciate that. <laughs> I've got the personality to do these types of videos. I've got the knowledge to do these types of videos. I do not have the setup to do production these types value. of videos. But that we're, we're like slowly that. working on that. I lack but, production value for sure. I'm still very much building up. So I don't have super fancy equipment or space, which is admittedly probably my biggest problem is space. But space is always the biggest problem because these machines are not tiny. For those that are watching on YouTube, the Fusion 3 is <laughs> about two and a half feet tall. Oh it's my three God. feet wide. It's huge. You still have way more room than I do too. Okay, my room is 10 by 17 feet. Should give yeah, you an it's idea. Yeah, it's bigger than mine. Is it? <laughs> yes. Okay, but I, I, I've also got 18 3D printers in here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you, you got it stuffed. You've got it stuffed. Yes, no, the, yeah. The, my, my, um, my office, my workspace is effectively the size of a decent walk-in closet. Um, okay. It's not very big. I live in London. 
Um, like, oh, okay, so you're paying about $900 a month for that little closet. Yep. Shoebox. Well, no, like I have more, I have the whole, I have the whole flat. Right, um, no, I'm saying just that one closet is the oh, yeah, this, there's more this, to yeah, it. Yeah, this, this room would probably, yeah, would be <laughs> eight, eight, or, eight or so hundred pounds a month probably. Like, yeah, this is a very expensive city. I need and to get you a very contact, much pre- uh, premium with one of our clients out there, Tim Burton. Not that the, Tim Burton. Not the Tim Burton. I was like, no, I was like, I'm sorry, what? He's better known as <laughs> Shmi150 on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. Not I that did Tim die Burton. a little bit there for a second. <laughs> I was like, is his name at least what? like a little different? It's not no, spelled the same. It is this exactly really same? B U R T O N. Does he get. Well, of He's course he does. We just did it. We just did it to him. I, I, I deliberately said his name rather than just saying his YouTube channel just to see yeah. what the two graphic artists Dirk. would do. Because the two of you, your jaws might have hit the floor there for a minute. No, different, yeah, different no, Tim Burton. Uh, yeah, I, I'm yeah, vaguely familiar with, with the other Tim yeah. Burton, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> other Tim Burton's a cool guy, I probably, probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe, yes. possibly. If you want to talk about yeah. social media influencing he is a macro influencer and has drawn a crowd of people wherever. Wait, which he goes. Tim Burton are we talking about now? I'm pretty sure we're talking about the YouTube Not the Tim animator Burton dude. because okay, the animator okay, because okay. the the filmmaker Tim Burton. I would be like, I don't know. I mean, he's a mis- he's a misanthrope. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a misanthrope. He's not. He's not an influencer in any regard. But yeah, I had I to like double check there for a second. Okay. Yeah, no, Other no. Tim Burton, YouTuber Tim Burton is, yes. is a YouTuber macro influencer. You're huge, yeah. huge. Okay. Millions of millions of followers on every platform. Uh, that's pretty. You know, that's pretty significant. Yeah. He's yeah. He's trusted by some of these major car brands to review their vehicles in a way that is both positive and critical which is a hmm. very complicated thing to do properly because you don't want to alienate yourself. Like he picked up his McLaren Senna, which <coughs> that's only a few million dollars. It's a hypercar. No big deal. No big deal. He picked it up at yeah. the McLaren factory, which is not something they let people do. And uh, they, wow. they, so he has sold a previous McLaren. He had a, uh, a hard top McLaren that is the same color as the one that he just bought. Oh, you're a car they nut, found, aren't you? They, yes, I am. They found the old owner of that car and flew that car out so they could put them side by side when he revealed his new car. So you wow. want to talk about the influence that he has on these brands? That's what influence looks like. Jeez. Yes, it does. No, I cannot I cannot disagree with that. I cannot yeah. deny it. And I am all. a car guy. Yes. I, I, I <laughs> love vehicles. Don't worry. I'm both not offended and and also not unknowledgeable myself so you're fine it's 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 part of it's just part of growing up the way that i did (laughs) being in the cars has always just been my dad was in the cars just not at this level my dad likes old school muscle which is great i love old school muscle i I grew up about an hour from detroit so like i'm familiar with with that though i of course I, i i would offend so many people with my actual car interests. Um, because I like, I say so many people, not necessarily the people in the room, but like car obviously people, yes. growing car up, people, yeah. growing up in Michigan, if you weren't into American cars, you were a You were a communist. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you were a Left-handed you were communist, communist octopus. Um, and, and my family owned nothing but Japanese cars. 
So yeah. Hey, that's uh, that's the position of fu. That that's one of the greatest uh, monologues from the gambler. It's the two point seven million dollars, the house with a fifty year roof, the indestructible Jap economy shit box. That's <laughs> that is shit. what it's about. And I have my two thousand and two Honda Accord Coupe with the original V two thousand two two thousand yeah. two. Damn. My last Damn. car that I owned was newer than that. Just and I haven't owned a car in ten years. Miles. I just had to recharge the air conditioning. The air conditioning didn't work. I'm like, that was a funny story. I'm like, shit. The air conditioning didn't work. I'm like, all right, fine. I know what I need to do. I need to get all you know the the right stuff to recharge it. My girlfriend had one of the hoses still. I'm like, all right, I just need. I just, we just need to get the bottles to you know the R134A to recharge it. Her hose was really bad for some reason, and it froze my hand because I was not wearing PPE. Do you not idiot. do what I do. Don't do that. <laughs> I didn't know. I'm like, I've recharged air conditioner systems before. It's easy. You stick the thing in the thing, you pull the trigger, shit goes in, and it starts to blow cold again. Simples. Lo and Simples. behold, I know uh, how to do it. if the hose isn't right, it vents all of the... Uh, Freon? It's not Impressed, technically uh, Freon, but yes, Freon. Refrigerant. Refrigerant. And, you know, it's called refrigerant. So it it, it is incredibly volatile. And it do a thing. It's, it yeah, does. My, it's good at it. ice on my hands. So I'm like, ah. Thankfully, no lasting damage. I, I'm, I, I'm still Again, good. I grew up in Michigan. I understand. Yeah, you We know ice. Yeah. But, ah. like, I, I, I look at him like, huh. Because my, my first thought was, all right something broke on one of the switches so i'm trying to find it i'm like oh god there are so many broken plastic parts underneath the dashboard of this car <laughs> so I, I took some photos and i'm just gonna cad them and and i still so can't get over 2002 i know right what? it's impressive that it he has a car this old Fifty-six thousand miles okay that's there's actually no not that snow. bad there's no snow so the car is rust free it is completely rust free it's uh, got yeah, the no, valve covered yeah it's got a little bit of an oil leak on the valve cover gaskets. Otherwise, that's it. And I, I can actually do that kind of stuff on my own. Like the car. I am pro driving work. a car until it dies. Oh, I really yeah. am. <laughs> and yeah, with a with a lot of with a lot of those kind of slightly older Japanese cars, they yeah they they last until until they they break or get hit. In my case, um, yep. my my first my first car was a Toyota Camry, and like great cars. And 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 I like a mid nineties, a mid nineties Toyota Camry. Still, Again, that was I'm that was older Toyota. than y'all. Um, but like the thing is, is that that car probably would have lasted 20, 30 years if it had not been T. They can go to like the moon and back. Yeah, 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 yeah. And honestly, it was the best car to be T boned in because I literally walked away and my car was bent like an L. So like, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, was yeah. It no, I got side T bone or driver side remember now passenger which, side yeah I say, which yeah, way did you happened. look when the car hit you <laughs> um i mean i i i had the right way so it was fine um but no no it was a it was definitely passenger side but like the car was like like that oh. i've been yeah. owned by cars but yeah obviously. no it, it hit it hit the back passenger side so of course i was the furthest from the impact but even still oh, i was fine i was even... fine like mm. i walked out I mean, I, I then had a massive mental breakdown, but like, <laughs> oh yeah, oh, I was yeah. physically fine. As soon as that <laughs> was, adrenaline wears off, young. the emotion kicks in of what actually just happened, and your I world goes 19. from here 
Yeah, I was yeah. 19 at the time. I was I was absolutely wrecked by it. Like it was not not a fun experience at all. Yeah. Um, they never oh, are, right, Thomas? No, no, no. We are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we yep. are very tangenty, aren't we? Um, <laughs> okay, that's okay. No, hey, I, that, I, that's I, what I, it's all about. I'm trying to. I just like I I I feel like I want to like make sure that I like finish finish my story so it's not just like left hanging. Um, but like, that's the worst. That's the worst. You walk away. You don't, you don't have to hear the end of this. I don't remember it. I just keep going. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess then uh, to, I guess, I guess to, to kind of finish the, the, you had the finder, you saw uh, the mark too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a combination of my realizing that I had, I take a great amount of joy from doing new things for one. Mm-hmm. Um, I love exploring. I am, I have always been a generalist. I have never been a specialist ever at anything in my life. I have always wanted to do a lot of things. Now, mind you, I also have ADHD. These two things might be connected. Um, <laughs> I, I don't want to do a single thing. <laughs> it, yeah, it's possible. <laughs> it's, uh, it explains things i to be fair i only found out for sure this year so like it's not hmm. something i've always known it's definitely a, a new a new thing i actually wrote uh i just i just very very recently wrote a nice personal essay about it on my patreon for my my, my patron my patrons because it is slightly personal um and that felt like the right sort of thing to share with patrons but it is uh it's definitely it might have it might be related to the fact that i like to do lots of things instead of just one but I really like to explore and I really like to try new things. And also I have spent so much of my adult life doing what someone else told me to do. Like the, this is, this is kind of, this is kind of the, the core, like getting down to like the, almost like the heart of the matter was I kind of went, I would like to be creative for me. Mm-hmm. and yeah. I would like to be able to explore things that I didn't necessarily have training in like 3d printing um hilariously enough a lot of the 3d design stuff that I've been doing has been not necessarily completely new to me but has been doing it in a way that's new to me I had never done parametric design before this year oh, okay um parametric 3d design is new to me I've done polygonal 3d design for 15 years Mm -hmm. but that's not necessarily the same thing so like Mm -hmm. I am doing a lot of things that I don't necessarily have experience in exactly but I have experience in something similar Mm -hmm. so I am able to kind of adapt certain skills into other skills and stuff like that and so I, I almost I'm starting to feel like perhaps my real skill is that is being able to take the ability to do one thing and to turn it into something else and then maybe another thing after that and another thing after that. So I am enjoying the experience of kind yeah. of trying these new things, not necessarily being the best at them. Cause that's the thing I'm, I'm not like, I've been doing 3d printing stuff for, I think two and a half years now, two and a half, mm-hmm. three, I'm going to say two and a half. Um, and yes, obviously my world got so much better when I got the Prusa. Um, yep. though, though I will say that I am one of the few people I know who's, it's not been all sunshine and rainbows. Um, Mm. something I, I just got a little unlucky and I definitely had a machine with some unusual flaws. 
my yeah. my Prusa actually ended up having to go back to Prague. Oh um, wow! That yeah, bad. that was the thing is that I had I had problems so unusual that I spent probably ten to twelve hours on on call with support with the Prusa support who are largely lovely though I did have one experience with with one person who was not pleasant but like there are some really awesome people there and we walked through everything and they literally went we can't figure it out please send it in like can you please send this to us mm-hmm. and admittedly I'm still not 100% certain what was wrong with it because when I got it back with the diagnostics I was like what like basically it was a bunch of little things it seemed like but also didn't entirely make i felt like there may have been a translation issue perhaps Mm. um and that i didn't fully understand what the problem was because it was poorly translated into english maybe Mm. point was though it came back working better than it ever had like Mm. and that was and that's that's when i knew that's when i knew it wasn't just in my head because there was definitely, I definitely had like a good like three months where I thought I was just losing my mind and mm-hmm. that I was just really, really bad at 3D printing because I couldn't quite figure out why I was getting these endless layer shifts or why I had like a Z wobble that just couldn't be fixed mm-hmm. and why it was clogging endlessly. And just like, I just thought I was just really bad at it. And then I got it back from, from, from 3D printer hospital, as I called it. <laughs> and it suddenly it, was beautiful. Like it suddenly just it worked. It just worked. And I was like, oh, this is what everyone else experiences. Was it an electrical problem or a hardware problem? Again, I feel like it was a number of small problems. Yeah. Like, I think there was a problem with, I think there was a problem with some of the rods. I think there was a problem in the extruder, um, mm. possibly with some of the gears. Like, I think it was a bunch of little problems that just kind of came together to be a bit rubbish. I did end up having to get the, um, the bed replaced. Um, the bed was warped. Um, I actually had a warped bed. Uh, so like that was also a thing. Um, yeah, because again, like I was, I was doing the thing where like I would print just like a single layer on the Mm -hmm. whole bed and it was so bad. It was so bad. Even like, and I, of course, I'm fully aware of the bed, the bed correction. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I would sit there and I would, I would poke and I'd poke and I'd poke and it would get worse. And like, it would get better in one place and it would get worse in another. And I was like, am I insane? Am I just apps? Like, have I left this plane of existence and gone somewhere where physics and and logic doesn't apply like i really i really genuinely thought i was losing my mind it was actually i i i owe a great debt of gratitude to um to mr uh lahey uh shane for effectively kind of like holding my hand (laughs) and listening to me like sob about problems with my printer but also was able to diagnose some of the problems mm-hmm. where the support had failed me so like yeah he, he was super super helpful but point is it's now wonderful but i'm actually one of the few people that i'm aware of who's not just had a perfect experience with their prusa but also what has made it worthwhile is the fact that in spite of the fact that the machine wasn't quite perfect perfect have good support it was taken care of mm-hmm. it yeah. was taken care of and that's actually where it's 
important and where it matters is it sounds like you were monumentally unlucky to have that many things go wrong with it in yeah, one I, yeah machine. i think i just was I think yeah. it just, I also, if I'm not mistaken, I think I have one of the very first Mark III S's. Um, there we go. Because I remember, I remember when I got it, the S was just stuck onto the box. They still do that. No, they still do that. <laughs> oh, they still do that. Okay. Yeah. They have a lot okay. of cardboard boxes, Grant. They, they got to so use okay. them. They made, they must have made how many thousands of these boxes that say Mark III? Then it like, was oh, the Mark III S. No, it went... Uh, why pay for new boxes? Now it's the, Mark, the, S plus. The, the 3S plus is now the yeah. sticker on the box. Yeah. yeah. Same thing with the mini. Slap a sticker on it. That's I hilarious. still think I may have gotten a very early version. I think you might I think have. I got it right, like not long after they released the S. Mm. I remember. Um, and so, yeah, it might, it's just bad luck. It happens, you know, it does happen. It does. I'm not angry about that. Like it is. It's I was all on a bell curve, yeah. If they take care of you, that's what matters. And for and us, did. that's what makes Prusa one of the best companies to work with. Because not only are their printers really good once you have them running, mm -hmm. they're dead nuts reliable from our experience. And look, I mean, we... we that's a phrase. Dead that nuts is a phrase. I was about to say, yeah. I don't know if I've ever heard dead nuts, honestly. And neither have I. Neither have I. Good. That's, like, sort of that's a machining term. It's dead nuts on. Nope. I'm okay, not a machinist. Well, I don't, even I don't as an engineer, that. I'm not familiar <laughs> not with that machine. term. Oh, God. I, I, I've spent too much time in machine shops then, clearly. Well, too much AVE is what you're doing. We've got he, it all. I've never heard him say dead nuts on. No. No. I hear Still it in machine chuchin. shops. Oh. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> oh man they're they're rock steady okay they they're they're oh, okay. great machines yeah. is, is that one better for you thomas yeah 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 okay rock steady we'll go with rock steady yeah I, but, i'm a geologist uh, uh, background okay, well, you know. so that one makes oh, sense to me yeah you know i like that i like that but yeah so are they so, rocks or minerals yes you, uh <laughs> sure that Why is not? a breaking bad reference come on people i haven't seen it been too Tad. long since i've seen it Tad. been too long since I've, I've seen it I've just Ten. forgotten. Ten. <laughs> yeah. The only one I know is like, I am the danger. I am the one who knocks. Ten. Oh gosh, yeah. That's oh, like wow. Yeah, it has been a while since I've seen that. Breaking Bad oh, is wow. one of the reasons why we we have all of our batteries for our uh, uh, battery backups inside of polypropylene containers. Because they Ooh. talk about, well, they're trying to dispose of a body, but uh, Walter White tells jesse to go out and get containers that say pp on the bottom polypropylene because polypropylene is not affected oh gosh by yeah he does the whole acid. explanation about it yes yeah. mm -hmm. yes and that's something that i never knew i'm like hey that's really good because we use car batteries for our battery backups they're you know we we built the battery backups ourselves um totally not jank but we'll run the entire bank of printers for well over 24 hours on battery so that's very good. That's good. Thank you. I don't worry about hurricanes. I, I just, I don't care. We'll print through hurricanes. It doesn't matter. Because <laughs> this, this is the thing where you are. I, yeah. I've got like a 5,000 watt generator. So if for some reason we do lose power longer than those batteries can handle, I'll just plug it into the generator. The generator Florida will life. Charge it. Yeah. Florida life. Yeah. Florida man in Florida life. It, it's true. Oh, Florida man. <laughs> it's true. We have hurricanes. Although, this year we got pretty lucky i think i don't think we had any i think mother nature threw a bone mm -hmm. yeah except for the whole, whole pandemic, pandemic thing 
I'll yeah. take yeah. hurricane over pandemic because Florida has not taken this shit seriously. We had over 13,000 new cases yesterday. And Florida is now one of three states that have that new fancy strain that's phase fault. Hey, it's not my fault. <laughs> it's it Boris's fault. It was first yeah. picked up in the UK. I'm yeah. going to blame you. No, nah, I mean, I, I'm more angry about it than you are. Trust me. I have barely mm. left my house in weeks because I am even more afraid to be near people because it's mm. apparently 70% more contagious. And so I'm just like, you know what? I'm not going anywhere. But like I for most makers, this is situation normal. <laughs> you know, not leaving your home, hanging out. I, yeah, no, admittedly that does, that has helped immensely in, yes. in the, the coping the coping, the the coping mechanisms is the oh well i have eight thousand things to do anyway and i have everything at home that i need to do them so yeah i'm uh let's see y'all in a couple of weeks you know like <laughs> this is uh this is this is fine this is like you said everything's fine everything's fine everything's on fire but everything's fine and mind you ordinarily i'm a huge traveler and i i'm about to be going on having not left the country in a year and i think that's the longest i've gone in a decade Mm-hmm. at least what's so your favorite place like, to travel i know this is like completely tangenting but i've wanted to start traveling a little bit so where's your favorite place to travel yeah I, see that's tricky like like as in like the my favorite place that i've ever been or yeah. my favorite place to go back to repeatedly because those are different well, let's go with both let's go with yeah both. what's what do you got oh my god uh so these are my favorite place to go back to repeatedly is new york city um mm. oh god i i often work <laughs> So I joke a lot that I'm a that I am a New Yorker by blood um, because my family is from New York, but further I'm Jewish, and there is obviously the the joke that all all American Jews are from New York originally. <laughs> it's basically um, true. In this case, it's it's kind of true. I am not from New York. I've never lived in New York, but my parents are. So like I uh, I definitely. I have a weird feeling of being at home when I'm there. It's it's a mm-hmm. really it's really hard to explain. And like I don't want to live there. Like I want to be really clear about that. I have no desire to live it's in. It's a nice York. place to visit. But I really love to visit it. Like that is the thing. It's like I really enjoy going. Um, I have a lot of friends there. Again, I've got family there. Like it's I have reasons to go. Um, yeah, but I love fair. being there. And it's really interesting because when I first moved to London, I was lost for a year. Like, like I did, it took mm-hmm. a long time for me to get used to London. I, the first time I went to New York city, I had it basically figured out inside a week. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I now, every time I go back, I am, I act like I live there. People think I live there, not just because I can sound like I'm from there, but because I just, it's this city just kind of, we just seem to fit together well, but also I'm really good at navigating it for whatever reason, like hmm. my internal compass works well there. Um, I love food. I'm a huge, huge food nut. Um, so like a place like New York city is just like my playground. And I oh, have Jewish always had a lot of fun. Oh. Yeah. yeah, it's, that's, but not just the Jewish jellies. Admittedly, the thing that I have enjoyed the most being in, in a place like New York now is, um, and you're going to laugh because you're obviously in the south, Southern part of the U S but Mexican food. I don't get that here. I don't There's get no Mexican that here in the UK, right? at I'm in, all. Oh, I'm in Tampa. Yeah. So we don't have good Mexican food. We have, we have good phenomenal Cuban food. Cuban food. Yeah, Both, yeah. uh, 
well, since uh, when Tad and I lived in Colorado, we had great Mexican food and it was Yum. all over the place. So yeah, I'm that that is probably one of the things I miss most, like uh, culinarily anyway. And mm. so like I have I have a place. I have a place in New York and it's my place for Mexican food. And they kind of know me there now. And I, I don't know that they actually know me, but they obviously they know me as like the Assuming weird American British. Yeah. You know what? I think they will um, because they're small. Um, I'm pretty mm. certain they're family run and they were probably pretty smart about it. Um, so I'm going to cross my fingers because I would love to go back there and, and just absolutely stuff my face. Um, so that's my favorite place that I like to travel to that I like desire to go back to repeatedly. One of my favorite places that I've been to just the once um, was Bangkok. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Ah. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. And I actually, I I feel like the circumstances in which I was there did have an impact on my impression because I actually went to, I went to Thailand after spending a month in China, Mm -hmm. mainland China, not Taiwan, not Hong Kong, but mainland Mm -hmm. China. And so I had a really, really intense, really unique experience traveling around China with a local for Lunar New Year. And that's the best way to do it though. Mm -hmm. I local. Absolutely life-changing experience. Honestly, I could fill a podcast with that trip alone. Like I, I did, and I saw, and I experienced so much. And then I, and then I went to to Thailand. I went to Bangkok, and it was weirdly enough a massive culture shock coming from mm. China. You would have thought, oh, you know, these are both East Asian countries. They're going to be a lot more similar. No, they're very different. No. Um, but there were so many things I didn't know a whole lot about Thailand before I went, um, which admittedly is something that shames me a little bit. I usually like to, to know a little bit about a country before I go there. I think it's a respectful thing to do. Like I, mm-hmm. I, you're letting me into your country. The least I can do is at least have a basic understanding right. of its history and, and how it works, you know? And I didn't actually know a whole lot about Thailand. So like, I kind of showed up with a blank slate and, was absolutely overcome by what I saw and experienced in in an overwhelmingly positive way. Um, It is, I don't know that I've ever been anywhere that had such a beautiful juxtaposition of Western influence and kind of like global, that kind of globalization, Westernization um, combined with the embracing of its roots and its Mm -hmm. like its core culture um because i remember i remember very very vividly being in this city that is massive and like skyscrapers and very modern bangkok's super modern in, in most place most parts of it it's very very modern and you can have this street modern buildings people in suits and ties and going Mm -hmm. to the offices. And then there is a palace. (laughs) It is a palace. It is a massive gold gilded, perfectly pristine cared for palace that is in the traditional Siamese style. And these two things sit right next to each other. And not only do, do they not seem out of place next to each other, they are like the respect that is afforded the kind of the, the Thai culture by the Thai people uh, was extraordinary. And I saw it 
constantly and was just constantly in awe of it. I still think one of my favorite moments from being there actually was, it was a bit of a weird one. I got, a, I was also traveling with, with a local because I like that experience. I like being yeah. with somebody who knows the place. And so I'd actually been abandoned <laughs> for oh, a little no. while, um, just for an hour. Um, I'd been abandoned in a coffee shop that could have been any American coffee shop, any Western coffee shop. It wasn't a Starbucks, but like it could have been like, it was just, mm -hmm. it was so by my standards, kind of boring, normal, right. As I would, again, it wouldn't have been out of place anywhere except for the fact that stuff was written in Thai. Um, <laughs> and so like I was parked there with a drink. And I saw so I just sat and I people watched for a while. And this was in a very metropolitan part of the city. And so there was lots of foot traffic, lots of people going to and from their jobs. Um, again, lots of people in very Western clothing, business suits, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but then sat on the, I guess the, the sidewalk um, was the largest miniature temple that I've ever seen. Now it, that sounds like a misnomer. Yeah. But obviously when I say miniature, I mean not human-sized. Mm -hmm. But when I say massive, it must have been six or seven feet by six or seven feet mm. by six or seven feet. Like it was, it was huge. Um, and it was on a platform and it was ornate and like, like probably all wood, carved from wood, incredibly ornate, really beautiful. Um, and... That alone was kind of incredible. Like this really very well cared for bit of Thai culture just on display on a street corner in the financial district of the city or something like that. But that wasn't all. I sat there for an hour and I watched people and every single Thai person who walked past this miniature temple stopped, mm -hmm. put their hands together, paid respects, walked on every single one. And that to me was a very profound moment Sounds like of wow. witnessing this, this care and this sense of identity with one's culture that hasn't been painted over or, mm -hmm. or erased by modern, modern living or Western, you know, Western things kind of coming. I saw a staples there. <laughs> like I, that, that blew my mind. I saw a staples in Bangkok and I was like, mm. what? But then again, then I, I saw these miniature temples on street corners. I saw, I saw actual temples that just blew my mind with their beauty. And it was very interesting as well, coming from a country where the history has been unfortunately systemically destroyed by um, some cruel leadership yep. um, to a country that had clearly put so much time and effort into the preservation of its history. Like that just felt very special. And mm, so awesome. like, Bangkok had a really, really profoundly interesting effect on me. And also like, I mean, it was a bunch of stuff too. Like the people were all so lovely. Um, my friend's family basically wanted to adopt me. They, they, they loved me. They loved me. They were like, but not like, in a, like, not like a please marry our son kind of way. Like, as in like, we have already made you our daughter. Like you are already part of the family. Everyone spoke English, which was also interesting. Like, cause when I was in China, most people didn't. 
Mm -hmm. Um, I had to speak to people in Mandarin or not at all because my Mandarin is not that great. Uh, (laughs) My Mandarin is limited. Um, Mm. But in Thailand, a lot of people spoke English so I could actually communicate with people directly instead of through my friend. And yeah, it it was all just, I went in with no expectations and I left with a really profound appreciation for this country and its people and its culture and its history that I didn't actually have before. So yeah, Bangkok is one of my favorite places. I will go back one day um, because obviously I barely scratched the surface. Um, right. I also didn't really see the rest of the country, hardly at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, cause that was the other thing. I was dead broke. <laughs> when I got there, I was dead broke. I'd spent all my money in China <laughs> and I didn't plan well cause I was 21 at the time. And, uh, and I got there and I was like, yeah. And my friend was like, all right. <laughs> so I didn't actually get to like do much tourist stuff because I had no money. So, but so you yeah. still had a good experience. And all of these life experiences have impacted you as not just a person, but as a maker, as a designer. And that's something that so many people miss, right? There are so many people out there that just don't travel. I haven't traveled outside of traveling has changed my life. I haven't really, really traveled has. outside of my zip code in like me too. six <laughs> months. I mean, it, it, and the last time I left the United States was 2008. So that's crazy. Grant. I have been to 24, ever since. 24 different countries um, in my life. And they've all been incredibly precious to me, and I wouldn't change a single one. Definitely it's, it's blows my important. record out of yeah. the water. So, yeah, yep. Japan's next. When you it's safe to, to travel yet? again. Oh, you haven't been to Japan is. yet. So, oh, Ted, no. why don't you why don't you tell Faye about your love? Shitteru, shitteru. I know. Well, karibasuka. Um, so I <laughs> I minored in Japanese. I work at a Japanese company for my day job. Um, which has its ups Boy. and downs. Wow. <laughs> but, but yeah, and I uh, I did a summer internship in uh, Hokkaido one summer. So I love Japan. Where? Um, Sapporo. Okay. I I yeah no I I, I actually this is like, because I'm such a nerd. Th- thanks to a manga I've read, I know a lot more about Hokkaido now. Um, oh, is this some Golden Kamui? I need to get into it. I haven't gotten into it yet. I heard it's great. Oh my God. I'm so, I'm so incredibly critical. I am really, I am the harshest bitch that ever lived when it comes to storytelling. I really am because I've worked in it. I've learned about storytelling. I know about storytelling. And so I am so horrible. I am the worst. I am just, don't bring me to parties. Don't go to the movies with me. I'm, I'm really bad. And so when I love something, I can tell you why I love it. Mm-hmm. And Golden Kamui is one of the best things I have consumed in years. It's hi- highly recommended. Um, and actually I would even recommend the anime uh, because it's actually dead dead on, dead on to the manga. It's mm. frame for frame, the same thing. So it's kind of like- good. That's good, those actually, are the best yeah, They're rare, they're very rare. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, I'm still studying Japanese. My Japanese is still 
is is still like it's it's funny because my uh, my vocabulary is actually pretty good um mm. and i can actually read which is a big deal um, that's a big thing most people don't get there i know kanji uh because mm-hmm. i i learned kanji from the beginning like i didn't mm-hmm. learn how to speak and then learn kanji i learned kanji from the beginning but my uh, my grammar is still a bit poor so like i'm i'm still very like hesitant about like stringing together sentences uh-huh. so like I'm, I'm still a little bit like, uh, I don't know if I know that correctly, or I'm going to say it and it's going to be totally wrong because for the, for the other two, for the other two people in the room who don't know Japanese, um, Japanese grammar is just some of the most complex. It sounds like, like Yoda speak. If you were to translate it directly, it sounds like Yoda speak, but with backwards. 17 different verb conjugations. Like it's like, yeah. it's like, Oh God. Oh God. You're killing like for me. me I studied like Spanish and Latin in high school and romance languages are harder for me than this because okay. at least in Japanese, you got your conjugations for verbs. Right. But with like European languages, you have declensions for nouns which Japanese has none of that. And that is so much better for me because well, I only have to remember one table of endings for things. Okay. okay. That makes it a whole better experience. Did you, did you end out testing? Did you end up taking any of the tests? I didn't. I should have taken the JLPT when I was f- more fresh. Yeah. No, admittedly, really like should've. I'm, I've been, I'm, I'm hoping that maybe in another month or two, I might actually be able to take the N5 technically, mm-hmm. but I probably won't because. What are those? So it's, it's the a, Japanese language proficiency test. It's the official international, like yeah. you can speak Japanese test. Like, <laughs> like oh. you can get hired for jobs because I of it. I wouldn't kind pass of the English one. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's going to say that's, that's the TOEFL, isn't it? Is that, isn't yeah. that the, the, the English profic- proficiency test? It's English the, is a foreign language one. Yeah. 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 yeah, I, yeah. I think that's I probably the TOEFL. But, I mean, it's just. Yeah. I make stuff, okay? I am not paid. <laughs> I'm 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 not paid to talk. I guess Tad and Thomas are paid to talk. I'm not paid to talk. <laughs> mm. But you know, at, at the end of the day, this is all about storytelling. And for us to better understand your journey as a maker, understanding where where life took you, where, oh, yeah, from <laughs> you know when when that spark occurred because there's always a spark like like we talked about on Meet the Maker there's always that spark it's normally a whether it's a middle school high school or collegiate professor one way or the other change oh yeah you shared your spark yeah, yeah. M- Mr Winchester John Winchester was my spark um, but like I I I see so much of these art styles in you right you use a lot of the rainbow filaments and you and you've done it in ways where the lines perfect (laughs) they're there for a reason and and i love how there's i think there's an ender three in the background it looks like there's a is that a printer up on the shelf behind the copics no oh that's not that's not a printer that is a mess (laughs) so is this (laughs) it is um it's a microphone stand Mm. with a microphone in it that is very 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 old um and i think might need to be maybe retired um there's also like it's basically that's that's kind of where my camera equipment lives no at the moment i only have the one printer which is that's okay 
slightly depressing. You've got your sewing machine. I see you have your, your, yep. your body yep. form. Yeah. So clearly you do a lot of clothing. I don't do as much as I would like, actually. Um, I am, I am a long term, like I'm a long time cosplayer. I started doing cosplay when I was like 14. Um, mm. And Natural so progression for 3d printing then. Yeah. Yeah. I, the thing is, is again, the, the cosplay also took a, um, an extended hiatus uh, partially because the cosplay community can be really toxic. What um, a surprise. And also yeah, because actually, no, that, that's definitely a thing. <laughs> also, when I moved to the UK, uh, I was kind of cut off from the, the cosplay community and the conventions that I was familiar with. And yep. I know that there are probably people out there and hopefully they're not watching this, this, uh, this video um, <laughs> who would argue with me, but I've just never really found the joy um, in conventions here that I find in the States. Um, mm. I don't entirely know why. I don't know that it's necessarily like a US versus UK thing specifically. It's just a, the conventions I've gone to here disappointed me. Mm. Um, and the, and it's not like all the conventions I've been to in the US have been amazing. It's not true, but there's certainly a, um, a density. Do they smell better in the UK? Or they always the have same. that stank, don't they? Maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, actually, you know what? They do smell better here, but only because they're so they're so almost sterilized as yeah. to like mm. be kind of boring. Um, kind of wants that sterilization, but yeah. Uh, I've oh been boy. going to conventions since before I could drive. Um, and it's, they're definitely a very big part, I think of, of something, of something in me. One of the, one of the, the puzzle pieces that makes me who I am. Um, and I still, to this day, make an effort to occasionally when I can go to Dragon Con, mm -hmm. which is my favorite ever. It is- it Didn't happen this year. Or I know, I would have been at it. <laughs> that is one of our busiest seasons. So yeah, uh, no, I, uh, I was 100% supposed to be there this year. Um, I had tickets. Uh, I obviously wasn't. Um, I, I don't, I, I hope maybe, maybe 2021, but I honestly, honestly, I'm not going to hold my breath. There's no way. Um, but I will be there again at some point. <laughs> Have you ever been 3d scanned at dragon con? No, okay. but I really like because if you have, we are the exclusive 3D printer. Ah, for okay. Color. Yeah, because the no, exclusive I would, scanner. I would is, quite like to be scanned. Yeah, I, 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 I for for two reasons, two reasons. One, a um, dress form for or a mannequin that is actually my proportions because I don't have standard proportions. Um, that dress form is not great like it's okay but i have to pat it in places <laughs> to you make it work for me see, so i feel like a, a scanned and and uh 3d printed mannequin for right. costume making would be amazing i also want an action figure mm. i would definitely definitely pose like sailor moon um <laughs> like 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 100 yes i would pose like sailor moon yeah, I, I want an action figure. Okay. I wanna, I want one that like Naomi, you know, like she's got an action figure. I want an action figure. Um, Do you want so all that bad press though for being an action figure? No, 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 no. I don't want to spouting on Twitter. I don't want to be Naomi necessarily. I just want an action figure. 
<laughs> I also want an action figure. Happen. I would love that. It designed no, I, the joints. I do. Uh, oh. I do. I do. Ha- I do like her a great deal, and I do. I do have a a, a friendship with her. Yeah. Um, which means a great deal to me. Um, and I have a great deal of respect for her as well, but that's not what I meant. I meant I wanted an action figure. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> so yeah, so I want to be 3D scanned. I was actually having a conversation about this earlier today with someone, um, and and I'm I'm hopeful that by the time things kind of like start to open up again, that some generous person will have gotten in touch to to offer me 3D scanning to, to be in a video or something like that. And so then I can be 3D scanned and I don't have to worry about the rest. <laughs> that I don't great. know of many 3D scanning facilities in the UK, but I mean, I, I, I must really... be. Again, once it's safe, I can travel again. I love to travel. That's not an issue. But yeah, you were you were definitely, you were admiring my my random assortment. Obviously I've got the, um, the miniatures uh, painting stuff behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I do miniatures. I don't actually do miniatures, but I do like to paint. Um, as you say, in, in fact, I totally grabbed like a couple, a couple of things, um, which this is definitely uh, a thing that I, I feel pretty happy with. I, now, mind you, I didn't design this. Like, this is definitely one of those things. It's like, I can't claim having done the 3D model for this. This is Printed Obsession, mm. um, who does really great stuff. But this was my first, like, really quite detailed 3D print that I ever did, actually. Like, I'd never really done something to this, to this level. Um, and then, obviously, I did all the, fin- the finishing and painting. Um, so it's even a little dusty at this point. So like that's kind of like where the miniature paints come in. It's, it's more for stuff like this than for actual miniatures because I don't actually do that anymore. Of course I did. Of course I did. I'm an old, I'm, I'm an old nerd. Of course I've done Games Workshop stuff. Um, Makoi Ryuko? Sorry? I've seen Kill a Kill once. So I love I Kill a Kill. Well. Kill a Kill's hilarious. I've got... <laughs> oh, you, oh, you got them both. She's, Satsuki's not done. Mm. Um, Satsuki is not done yet, so hence why it it wasn't like set with the uh, with the other one. But yeah, no, I've got the kind of the set. Like geez, those are yeah, huge. Yeah, they're yeah. those are insane. Um, <laughs> they are in fact bigger than the the Prusa could do in one go. They were printed in pieces and mm-hmm. assembled because I wanted them full size. I did not want to scale down. I and wanted now that, Thomas that is cool. wondering how he can get a three D printer quickly. <laughs> I, nah, I've got I, all my figures next to my desk, but I never printed any of them. So uh, now I'm like... <laughs> now, now you're like, hmm. And, yeah, and, I, like, and I, mm. I quite enjoy having having anime girls on my desk. So like that's that's not a, not a downside for me. I've got all. one and that is good for me. Sailor Mars, just hanging out on my desk. So <laughs> That's awesome. Sa- Sailor Moon was my, my first... Um, my first ever anime, so I think it, it was it, for a lot of us because it was on. Lit. It was the only one on TV. At it the was time, also right? very. It was also very transformative to my development, but that's another story. Uh, <laughs> another I podcast about specifically Sailor Moon. <laughs> Sa- Sailor you know, Moon. We're a Sailor Moon channel Sexuality, now. you know, like these. These are these are very very important things. Uh, I did actually. Grab- we probably get more listeners with a Sailor Moon podcast. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Sorry, Faye, you were gonna say. No, I was just gonna say that I, I did I did actually try to like grab a few things, like because you're like, oh, bring stuff. And I was like, oh, what do I have? Show it off. Um, <laughs> admittedly, this is probably one of the things that I'm most known for, which is somewhat frustrating because it's not the thing I've worked hardest on. Um, but my um my my weird twisty vase, this one was actually made by Joel Telling. 
um, on his resin printer and, and sent to me. And it's so adorably small and cute. And I love that it can just sit in the other one like that. <laughs> but um, it kind of, it definitely kind of blew up in a way I didn't expect uh, because of course, because you make something that you spend three hours on and it blows up and you spend four months on something and it does not get anywhere near that <laughs> story of my life that's how it works but this was still a, a um this was cool because it was very much i think one of my first kind of like real playing around and experimenting with fusion 360 when i still had no clue what i was doing in it it was in, in fact like kind of the story with this was that i had the idea for it like i had the because i'm Again, I'm a visual person, I'm an artist, so mm. I get ideas. I had a visual thing in my head and I knew how to make it in 3D Studio Max, which is the software that I have used the longest and, and have the, the, the most profound history with and the most experience. So I was like, immediately I was like, I know how to make this in Max. It would take me 15 minutes maybe. Um, but I also knew that it would be garbage for 3D printing. <laughs> um, so I was like, okay, okay, okay. If I can do it in Max, I can do it in Fusion. That's, this, this should be doable, right? It took hours to do in Fusion. <laughs> but I also came out of it knowing a lot more about Fusion than I did before. Mm -hmm. So um, I was quite pleased with it. Um, this, is, this was actually printed on the Flashforge, um, uh, which is probably why it's not the best print in the world, but- So is that like that a sweep and then a revolve? Or a circular it's, pattern, I should say. It was, it, yeah, it was a circular, so you can kind of see the circular pattern. Uh -huh. So actually show it at the camera. Um, it was, oh gosh, you're making me remember now. Um, <laughs> it was a, yeah, it was a sweep along a spline. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that what really was it. Like, But right. I tried doing it a bunch of other ways that mm -hmm. were a little bit more kind of like parametric. And in the end, I just basically drew a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I drew a spline that I liked and actually got it to, to make a pattern the way I wanted. There's, there's so many tools in polygonal modeling that don't exist in parametric. And mm -hmm. a lot of those are kind of like deformers. Mm. And so like, I very much had envisioned it like basically almost like a straight thing that I then twisted. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that be nice? Twisty, twist deformer on it, I which are my same favorite. problem. I'm like, I just need you to go from here to here. Just, just yeah. do it. And I'm like, Tad, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm doing. like, I, I, do. I, I can't do the, the ZBrush type stuff. I can't, I wish I could. I am parametric to my core. So, oh, that would that's be good. where something like this was made. Exactly. Um, and, uh, and I love ZBrush. Uh, I really, really do. I also hate ZBrush. <laughs> I hate ZBrush. It's, it's, I, 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 I both love and hate. It's basically, it's, it's so powerful and it has just such a garbage interface. I, I apologize <laughs> to everyone who loves it, but like, I love ZBrush. I really do. I really do feel like it is just ahead of everything else out there that compares with it as far as like the actual tools go That's and how true. powerful they are. But the user interface is just never something I've really gotten on with. How it randomly says middle finger to you, we're just crashing. And you know all those yeah, nice. Yeah, I don't have this problem quite so much anymore. So now that I have a mm. much, much more powerful computer, <laughs> I can. This I think before I crushed this down, I think this was maybe forty million 
all yep. gone. Yep. Then he got to decimate. Good or, uh... lord. Yeah, but my computer was like, "That's fine. That's fine. We can, <laughs> this we is can, fine." Uh, but then Prusa Slicer's like, like, "No, no, no." Oh god! Yeah, no, 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 no. No, I, I, I believe I got. I think I crushed this down to two hundred and fifty thousand yeah. before, um, before exporting it for printing. Um, now, mind you, these were actually uh, designed explicitly for resin printing. Um, they mm. were not meant to be printed on FDM. It looks pretty, it turned but out pretty well though. Since when was that going to stop me? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> it's also massively scaled up. It's actually meant to be a board game piece, which is mm. pretty cool. Um, these, this was uh, both both this and its counterpart, which mind you, looks a bit differently when it's not a failed print. He's actually- You love your silk filaments, huh? I, you know what? I'm actually not super sold on silks, but I actually- shot fibroid. This was yeah. a, yeah. yeah. I thought this was a good opportunity to play with some silks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's actually got a really nice fedora. And an actual fedora, not a trilby. I did. I, <laughs> I actually did my research on this one because they were meant to be styled um, like Great Gatsby characters. Um, so they have um, they have period period uh, accurate clothing. Um, and uh, yeah, as it turns out, three piece suits are really difficult to three D model. Who'd have thought? Ah, oh. uh, look at you guys you clean up so well. I have <laughs> photos. Uh, so we uh, two years ago was the Roaring Twenties. Ha! Uh, how bad that was for New Year's. Uh, and we got Amber a dress made in the 1920s. Nice. Uh, that's amazing. I've got pictures that's of it cool. somewhere. That, that's my favorite photo of us. I keep it stuck to my computer with magnets because it's that's totally sweet. smart. But uh, yeah, I three-piece suits. Dude, there's nothing like a well-fitting three-piece suit nothing and then no i love them the i actually i'm a huge fan and they're just absolutely garbage to 3d model like they're just really oh yeah <laughs> you'd be better off 3d scanning a guy even in a crappy fitting three-piece suit and then just cleaning it up in zbrush because that's, that's what it's i tell myself it, it, instead of using a five-year-old headshot which is what i currently do and funny enough Faye, yesterday oh yeah see it, it'll, it'll be coming out later today the photographer that took that photo was on our podcast. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. So, and Very he says, good. oh, we have to redo it because, like, I have facial hair now. I've got photos of me dressed in suits when I don't have uh, a beard. Do you but... wear suits in Florida? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean. How? Indoors. No. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I wear cool. them out, too, but. Um, <coughs> I, Indoors only. So, yes, <laughs> if I'm out, out and I'm wearing a three-piece, which, by the way, don't do that. Uh <laughs> you can take the jacket off or you do what the uh i've put on a little too much weight and i can't close the jacket anymore you leave the jacket open then it's like a parachute for cooling air i have danced in a three-piece suit and i will tell you that sucks i Mm. can imagine absolutely sucks uh but you know it is i don't mind it because i'm used to it but you have to get wool suits do not get like a cheap polyester suit because that is gonna keep the stank in and you, oh. you, you gotta let it breathe Oof. and wool oh. can breathe wool keeps oh. you warm but it can breathe my god i am i am slightly aware of of how how much past time we've totally gone oh, and yeah. and <laughs> like I, I i am also aware that you don't want this to be a thousand hours long it's a little <laughs> over two hours right now yeah yeah yeah, yeah we um, should probably uh curtail this a bit anything else say, you want to show off the last thing, which is actually something I've not actually shared yet, is I have I decided um, I decided the other day that I needed a business card. I don't actually Ooh, have a business yes. card. So what do you do 
when you are a maker with a 3D printer and a pen you print the card. dramatic, but you 3D print yourself a foldable. Oh, is that a living hinge? Yeah. Oh, hell That's yes. That's way good. I do That's not have an MMU. Dope. This is just filament swaps. Um, yeah. It's also not done. Uh, this is very much, uh, this is V2. Um, it looks yeah, so you, good though. You can kind of see it's got the just, it's yeah, it's just a, a living hinge. It's nothing, yes. nothing particularly fancy. Um, I actually think I'm Ooh. going to bust out my 0.25 nozzle for this one because as much as it's it's readable, the detail is a little like especially on the logo, which is mm -hmm. also again I do everything. I design my own logo. It's a nice logo. Um, I love my logo actually. The V6 really happy. in the middle. Nice. Yep, you got the V6. You've got the uh, a, an actual fucking pencil, and of course the stylus because yep. I've got a, a Wacom tablet. A Wacom, a Wacom mm -hmm. stylus. It is yeah. guaranteed Wacom. Um, but this is really lacking in the detail. Like the actual logo is actually much more detailed. So I was kind of like, you know what? I, I think it's time to put on the 0.25 nozzle and, and give this a go. Um, I'm also like, there's also a little bit of weird under extrusion going on that I'm a little bit like, what's going on here? And That's then of gaps. course, the, yeah, yeah. There's a little, there's some, uh, there's definitely some gaps on, the, uh, on hmm. the, the, the first layer that I'm like, huh, what's up with you, man? What are you doing? Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I'm also not 100% sold on the uh, the color. Uh, not mm. the, the dark color. I love the dark color. The dark color is my color. But the color light color is, is not. So the um, the dark color is actually, so this is Form Futura Turkish Blue in their recycled PLA. It's a nice color. Um, now, I will I will be honest and say that I have found the exact same color for much cheaper um, from uh, 3D Jake, which is a company here, or I think yep. it's actually a European company, mm -hmm. but uh, 3D Jake has literally created the exact same. And I have had very good experiences with the quality of 3D Jake. So um, I have no reason to think this will be any different. And it was a fraction of the price. So I'm I, I haven't actually busted into the 3D Jake one. This is still the form Futura one. I'm going to be doing a comparison soon to see if there is any difference, uh, but I don't expect there will be actually. So this color though, I love this color, but the light color is not quite, like it actually looks pretty good on the camera, mm -hmm. but I'm looking at it and it's a little too green. So I've, um, of, of course, even though I don't need more filament, you actually can't see it. It's just slightly cut off, but my filament shelf is full. I have no more room. And yet I am kind <laughs> yeah. of like, it, it's time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, but I don't have 18 printers or That's a true. business. Well, not, I'm not that kind of business anyway. Like my business is, is slightly less entirely dependent, independent, dependent on 3d printing. Um, but I also really don't need to be spending more money on filament. And yet Amen I probably that. will not be happy until I get the right color. So um, I am also going to be sharing the entire design process of creating this on my Patreon because I think it's interesting to see how it goes from an idea um, because I, I spend I spent a good amount of a, a good amount of time I, uh, an hour yeah. and a half maybe in Illustrator um, mm -hmm. kind of both mocking up designs but also creating the SVGs necessary right. to go into fusion and get all the nice lettering and stuff like mm, that you know that's like nice. that that's, nice. that's an important part of the process so like I've, I've it's not just the the modeling and fusion but it's also the design process in illustrator yeah. so I will I be that. uh 
and we'll be definitely awesome. sharing that. That is so yeah. cool. This is I'm, the definition uh, of making awesome. That, yeah, that is exactly what making awesome is all about. That's why we named this podcast Making Awesome, because everyone that we bring on, no matter who you are or what you do, you somehow you make awesome. And whether that's a yeah. really badass business card, which honestly looks phenomenal, looks way better than yeah, the for V2, it looks perfect. Do. It yeah, can I also mean, kind of stand and, and see yeah. that. And that's great when you're out, you know, in public, because that's a thing. And the, uh, the smaller nozzle will also make it thinner too, because it's yes. it's a little it's a little thick for a business card. It's a bit thick. So with the smaller nozzle, I can actually have the thickness of it. And I think I think that'll be the winner. I think that'll be the winner. But My uh, business card's an yeah. eighth of an inch thick of wood. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't feel so bad then. Yeah, yeah. So no, yours is great. We laser them. Oh, it's got my no, I, like, cell phone number on it, so I won't show it that much. But yeah, I definitely do a too. weird range of stuff because, like, I I also have some of my mask prototypes Ailey. that I've been working on because, again, I do so. Like, I yeah. do pattern drafting. I, you know, I I do a lot of stuff, and that's exactly the way I like it. Like, I yeah. I often feel a weird sort of like nebulous pressure to focus on something, to be a three D printing person exclusively, or to be a cosplayer or to be a YouTuber or like, like just pick a thing, pick a thing and stick with it. And it's like, mm, but, I don't but there's so much fun to be had in other things too. I have way too much fun in ex exploration and learning yep. in addition to making like yep. making is the vehicle and essential, but also I wouldn't be happy just making ZBrush models and printing them. You got to mm -hmm. do more. You got to do yeah. more. You got to keep that wouldn't, awesome. Yeah. And to do that, you got to get smarter every day. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And for me, it's definitely, it's definitely going to be doing weird shit sometimes. And sometimes it's yeah. going to be doing stuff that I've never done before. And I maybe mess it up. Um, but I guess I want to, I want to share that. I want, I want people to see somebody who looks like me doing the stuff that I'm doing because there's not nearly enough of it out there. And I think it feels a little important. So that's at least what I tell myself. Uh, yeah, it's that's, true that's definitely a thing. So I, I, I like to think that, uh, I don't know, you never know, some little girl eventually in the future maybe watching my stuff and thinking i really want to be a designer and make stuff with a 3d printer or yeah. sew stuff or god 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 knows what have you do crazy things on the internet you know like and and being like well there aren't I mean, enough lady makers out there 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 just aren't and we want to highlight them because it's a tough gig yeah because <laughs> It, 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 it's the same thing that we say there are not there are not enough women in any of these fields and you know they and, and i don't know what has caused that whether it's just the misogyny that exists in the world or it's, it's a lot of things the, it's the, not the, just one the the it's gender roles that we have it, it's time to break out of that and i know a guy is telling you this it's not it's not that effective but anybody can be a maker no matter you know, what gender you are, what sexual orientation, what color your skin is, it doesn't matter because all you have to do to be a maker is make awesome. Yeah. That's all you gotta do. And awesome I definitely, is uh, up to you. 
I definitely like I like to 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 represent a, a, a couple a couple of those those um marginalized identities. So oh, yeah. <laughs> this is I think actually I think this is the first thing I designed um for printing. Um, so good. Did you print it yeah. vertically to get the color shifts? I think I, I printed it like that. Okay. Because yeah, you can you can see that it's at an at an angle. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it was the worst cleanup ever <laughs> because there was but so much it. support those gradients look gorgeous looks but good yeah it's it, yeah it's it is you can be you can be anything and and be a maker yeah. and to and be a creative person and to to get in these these spaces and stuff like that and again that's why representation is uh is is important because Absolutely. it shows people that it's it's possible also that you can be a little older, you know, I'm not, <laughs> age I'm not, is but a number. Well, yeah, exactly. But like I'm, I'm new at certain aspects of this and I'm in my mid thirties and that is also okay. Like that's it's absolutely okay. You know, you right? don't have to be fresh out of university to get into this stuff. Like it's, it, it, you can do it at any point. And, and yeah, this is all, all definitely stuff that ends up being kind of, yeah, important. Important. It is absolutely. Well, <laughs> but yeah, it is, it, it's been awesome having you on. We gotta have yeah. you on again at some point. It, it's always clearly I can talk. I can talk. <laughs> yeah. so that's the one thing a lot of makers can't do. They can't talk, and this is why it's great to find ones that are charismatic that can. So it's it was truly a pleasure. Where can the folks at home find you? <laughs> Well, <laughs> yeah. no, I, remember, not everyone can see you right now. No, I know. You do have audio um, only. No, I, 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 was, I was totally, totally don't have anything, everything on there anyway. <laughs> Fortunately, I am, I am geeky fay art everywhere, pretty much. No spaces, no underscores, geeky fay art, G-E-E-K-Y-F-A-Y-E-A-R-T. I'm, I am very active on Twitter. Um, yes, I am also quite active on Instagram. I post approximately one video a month on YouTube, which I realize is not as fast as some folk, but I do put a lot of effort into them. So mm -hmm. um, I definitely recommend subscribing to me on YouTube so that you know when those get dropped because it's not on a schedule. <laughs> um, I am definitely on Patreon and I make a lot of effort to put interesting and cool things on there because it means a lot to me especially as somebody who is a just a, a self-propelled maker i'm not uh i'm not working for anyone else but me so that sort of thing is really really a big deal to me so I, thank you for the people out there who are listening who are already my patrons because there are some of you and i love you um but yeah geeky fair pretty much everywhere uh awesome. if you if you search it you'll find me and uh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. And then, of course, the website is geekyfade.art. Which is great that I you got that TLD. That's real smart. It's like what we did for smart. our uh, for our education program, the Making Awesome Academy. So it's makingawesome.academy. Yep, so you got to do that. It, it, the TLDs are great people out there. If you're looking to start a business, think of the TLDs. Have the .com for sure, but think of the TLDs because that can really help on the marketing and branding side. But uh, Oh, yeah, I, ha I had to. I had to. Like, I couldn't not. I think I have the .com too, but I actually don't even know that I've linked it properly. Like You've got I was a so week excited to about the that out because as soon as this goes live, if you don't have it, somebody's going to take it. So you've got <laughs> pretty certain I do. <laughs> pretty certain I do. I'll double check, but I'm pretty certain I, I I parked it because I 
I'm, I'm, I, I've been around the corner at least a couple of times. I say, don't just park and have it um, redirect to the dot art. Yeah, I, that, that I may not have set up because the website is quite, still quite new, but it is definitely mine. I, I'm pretty certain 99.5%. <laughs> Well, you know. Hanashi sugiru. Hanashi sugiru. Um, <laughs> yep, I love that only one person laughed. I knew that was <laughs> We don't know what that means. <laughs> means I talk too much. Um, mm. Oh, you're in a... So, okay, so 50% of this podcast talks too much. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> to say, I, I don't know. I actually... I, actually, I, I, haven't, I haven't heard all of y'all's uh, show, but I, I feel like uh, I got Thomas talking talking maybe more than maybe more than average possibly i don't know yes yeah really i feel like i talk a lot maybe i just, I just okay. take a yeah i, I'm I probably talk the least man okay. i think i think today honestly i was just a little tired i was just up really late that's fair that's <laughs> because fair. you're in your mid-20s and that's just what you do right thomas it's mm. just what I do, Grant. Stay I just late. stay up all night and I drink Kool-Aid and I eat goldfish. I play my video games. It's great. It's so fun. <laughs> and by hood rat shit, you mean eat, drinking Kool-Aid and eating goldfish with my friends. Sure, Kool-Aid. We'll go oh, with that. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> but yes, right. thank you so much for having me. I Absolutely. would love to come back. This has been a blast. And uh, it's been so nice to meet the two of the three of you that I haven't met previously. And uh, yeah, thank you. Have a good one, everyone. And as always, this podcast is supported by 3D Musketeers. You can check us out in the links down below. And remember, call your loved ones. This is the second week of 2020. Get your shit together. <laughs> call your loved ones. Let you know you love them. Because especially right now, you never know when that's going to change. It is, so, it is 20, 2021. 2021. Did I say you said 2020. Shit. Yeah. I had it. It was so good. Oh, it's all right. <laughs> It's look. It, it it's January third as we're recording this. Someone cut me some friggin' slack here. It's the second week of the new year. How's that? There you go. There we go. Okay. Yeah, we'll go. take it. All right. And as always, keep making awesome. Have a good one.